Hello? They say I might as well face the truth But I am just too long in the tooth I started to deteriorate And now I've passed my own cell by date Oh, I am no spring chicken, it's true I have to pop my teeth into chew And my old knees have started to knock I've just got too many miles on the clock So I'm a wrinkly Welcome to Spotlight, the official podcast of Grapple. I'm Better. And I'm JP. And we're here, JP, on our, uh, back on a Tuesday night. Feels a bit yep. weird, just talking in the pre-show, but no Dynamite to, uh, to review this week. Plenty of other stuff to get into. We've got the great uh, Karen Peterson joining us uh, later mm-hmm. in the show to talk a bit of, a, yep. bit of New Japan and stuff with us. That feels, uh, feels a bit weird, this mate, being, uh, being back here on a Tuesday night live with our, with our patrons. It is clashing against the uh, Champions League yet again. Oh, it feels like a very pointless tournament. It's, there's always champion. There's always football on. I think that's one of the big lessons we learn with mm. with all of this. Really, is there's a fuck ton of that stuff on there. But yes, um, yeah, it's uh, yeah. I don't know. How are you Quite doing? This week, are you doing all right? I'm all right. Quite this week. Quite a week to get into for us. You know, a bit of a kind of going to be a bit of a hodgepodge of like stuff we've been watching and that. But mm. no, I've been good. I've been catching up into some um, some Halloween watching. Kind of getting ready for the is there. It's Halloween, uh, a night that's uh, celebrated in the in the Hulahan house. So, uh, and you got those little kids running around now and stuff, JP. It's uh, uh, <laughs> what are your big pants? I imagine you going pumpkin picking. You know, putting a nice uh, nice barber jacket. I'm doing on, that tomorrow, the, mate. Getting the Facebook picture taken. Oh yeah, brilliant. Yeah, doing it tomorrow. <laughs> Farmer hat. Are you gonna wear the hat? No. Um, I probably will end up wearing a hat. Whether a photo appears of me wearing a hat will be the other question in there. But no, I'm doing some pumpkin picking tomorrow. That's uh, that's very much the kind of thing that's... When did that uh, become that, a thing? Going like, I don't know. Because I always think Halloween is, to me, still, it's a very American thing. Yeah. Like, it really is. It's like a big, 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 like, kind of American thing as much as anything. But in the last, particularly last 25 years, it's become, like, enormous. So I don't have that thing from childhood. Because it was just, like, knocking around doors in London asking for sweets. I mean, this could go a number of ways. If you're thinking in the late 80s, early 90s, like you could, that's yeah. pretty suspect fucking behaviour to be doing in Edmonton at like, <laughs> on an evening. Good luck with that. You, you chase those, down a fucking road. Were you one of those kids who put the effort in? Or was it like, ah, I've got some fangs, I'm Dracula. Ah, I'll put the bed sheet on and put some holes in it. I'm a, uh, yeah. I'm a ghost. Or did it even go that far? Was it just give me some sweets? Is that how it worked? It kind of became give me some sweets, rather like the carol singing just became, I'm stood on your doorstep, I can sing for longer if you want, but I don't think you or I want this, so mm. just give me the money now. But yeah, it would be like that, quite heavy, like quite often it would be like pretty low maintenance. I mean, it was a great day when I bought the Scream costume for the first time, because it's a, a, frankly an erstwhile favourite to, mm. uh, to wear, requires zero effort. And if you do end up in a situation where it's just you and one other person in the room, it does scare them. Mm. Like there is that element of doubt that it brings in of like, <laughs> there's enough awesome. fucking mad people around the world for one of them have a knife dur- and, and a scream costume. It's not beyond the realms of possibility. <laughs> so off that time, let's comment there. JP picking pumpkins, Benno smiling politely. Great reference. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, 
that's the thing, isn't it? Like, when I was, like, young, because I, I remember getting, like, because we had, like, quite a big community of kids, like, where I grew up. Like, there was, like, our street, and, like, we were, like, one group, and then there was the street next to us with just as many kids, mm-hmm. and the streets on the other side with just as many kids, and there were kids, like, two more streets down who were, like, they might as well have lived in fucking Narnia, you know what I mean? They didn't They didn't even count. They were weird, them ones, because they lived way more miles away. Two know? roads away. Yeah, it was all in fucking Little London, you know, just outside Liverpool. But, like, yeah, we'd go out, and it, would, it definitely got to the point where it was, like, you know, you'd knock on the neighbor's house, mm. and they'd be, like... Um, Larry and Kirby would use and be like, hang on, how old are you? You know, we got a bit old for it in the end, then I had to knock it on the end. Yeah. But I've got great memories of that, but yeah, I'm going to a Halloween party on Sunday, just saying in the uh, pre show about a potential uh, costume idea I've got. Uh, <laughs> Patreon.com slash graph if you want to know what it is. Maybe I'll now. pictures. Uh, it's not going to be good. <laughs> but yeah. I think it will be. I think there's a little touch you can add around the chest region that would really kind of add to it. You can get that. Then. I think you'll look tremendous. I'll do my best. I'll do my best. But yeah, you know, it's, uh, it's spooky season. It is what it is. It's become, I don't know, I've been one of them people who's like, Halloween's for fucking kids. Um, pretty much. But uh, I've had a good time this week. I've been catching up on like some horror stuff. What the, mm-hmm. Obviously, we've got a, a, a poll going on the, on the Patreon yeah. this week for, uh, for a potential uh, film club. I've been doing my research for it. Watch the original Halloween. You got out to watch, what was it, Halloween Kills last week as well? You know, you're, oh, it's yeah, two horror films. Oh. Oh, it's Halloween Ends, which mm. I mean, I'm, I know some. I know Matty was somewhat kind of decide, undecided. He was like, "Oh, I'm not sure if it's good or it's bad. It's shit. It's deeply shit. I'm angry that I wasted bandwidth on it. Didn't clearly pay any money, and neither should you, dear listener. It is absolute bollocks from beginning to end. I watched the Hellraiser remake a couple of days later, which was. Compared to fucking is that like uh, the IW Halloween part? ends? Oh yeah. mate, it's it's like The Shining compared mm. to it. it's like Kubrick at his fucking best in comparison. It's Stop fine. Thinking. It's a it's a fair whack of S and M stuff and all the rest of it. The costumes are a bit silly and and mm. whatnot, but it's what do you expect? It's it's Hellraiser. Like um, I've seen worse and I've also seen better. Yeah, yeah I don't know. It, it kind of passed me by the whole like. That's the thing I'm expecting an uh, an education this week on the uh, on the Patreon when we do it. It's not often we do like a a non a fully like non wrestling show, but that's that's what we're going to be doing because yeah, I kind of feel like it's a mm. it's a gap. It's just something that yeah, like I'll I'll watch horror films at Christmas at Halloween like we talked about last last week. So yeah, I'm going to. Yeah. I, I think Matty's going to be the one set to educate. How many times you seen Rare Exports? About fifty probably yeah, but whereas like the original Child's yeah. Play or whatever. I'd, don't think I've ever seen all the way through. Um, yeah, these uh, these seventies, eighties, big. They were like big. Ter- we're going to talk about tales of the territories today. Like the big uh, territory stars, weren't they? You know, Chucky, Freddy, Freddy, Michael Myers, all of them. They got their they kind of got their own, um, you know, little thing going on. Yeah, they did, aren't they? I mean, they're all big money drawing. Well, mm. it's law of diminishing returns, obviously, mm. but they're big draws, aren't they? Matty was saying like these are the five main eventers, and I mean, has the poll stopped now? At this point, no, can we give out give out the result. It's up. We got still it ongoing, and that's part that's part of the. Um, it's finished now, sorry. That's that's part of the. I know the appeal of doing the show. Find out who were the who are the big draws of horror. You know who, who who's going to sell wow. tickets to this thing. And yeah, in the uh, in the poll, it was uh, it was it's Nightmare on Elm Street that uh, that's run. Ran away for it with it with uh, with twenty five percent of the votes, twenty percent of the votes. Suppose not too far behind Halloween. Ten percent of the vote. Child's Play. Eight percent of the votes. Uh, Hellraiser. 
four percent of the boat Friday the thirteenth, which uh, Matty mm. gave me some notes on. I didn't really understand which one was the proper one. Maybe that's my fault. That's done so bad. And yeah, it's only the four percent of the Texas Chain, Chain Massacre. What's uh, what's going on? Does that track without you'd expect it to be JP? Is uh, is Freddy oh, yeah. Freddy Krueger the, the the main event star of uh, yeah. of Halloween films? Yeah. And it was, I, I think so, because it's very much like that version of, like, don't watch the remake for the love of Christ. Again, it's massively disappointing hmm. and kind of changes a fundamental thing around about Freddy, which was kind of annoying. But at that point in time, I remember just being told by my, like, my brother and sister, this is the scariest film imaginable. You can't watch anything like this. Right. Like, And then watching it and it kind of really sticking. And then Freddy becomes he becomes a comedian effectively by the time of the fourth one, isn't he? Right. Um, but yeah, it's, it, is it it's, bad? I've never seen the original, but I have seen Freddy versus Jason. No. Am I like, is that like, <laughs> is that not done? It, I, I mean, you know, it's how you bring Freddy back. It's what actor, because a lot of it all hinges on Robert England. because obviously yeah. when they did the remake, the other guy they got, you know, it's a good actor, but doesn't mean anything. Um, I'm not actually that surprised given the, the kind of lineup. I, I've no desire to watch Charles play. I was kind of there for it. The original the Hellraiser being there. It. That's got the wrestling yeah. obvious time. I thought Halloween might do better because I was, I mean, a lot yeah. of the, this is what we're going to get into on the podcast. A lot of these, uh, these guys ended up being wrestlers, <laughs> you know, or like, you know, like, like Liam says, Leatherface was a, a territory worker. You know, there was some, somebody who did Freddy Krueger in, uh, in Mexico. Chucky ended up in WCW. Yeah. You know, they all, uh, Jason and Prince Dad there. There was the couple of him, wasn't there, in, uh, in Japan? Oh, stuff, God, yeah. matches. Like, they all all had that at like the moments, but this is the thing. I was like doing some background because it hasn't won, but I watched Halloween. That was like I just said on a mm. uh, last night. It was in fact, and it was like it blew my mind. It was like it was very wrestling because at the like just before the end of the film, before he, you know, spoilers for the 35, 40 year old film here, it uh, doesn't get killed. Um, <laughs> like, what he takes his mask off for a second, doesn't he? And they reveal who he is, mm-hmm. and like I literally found myself down like a Wikipedia wormhole, being like, okay, who played him? And was it the same bloke in every other film since? And he never did another film. Like, he only ever did that one film. He got that one scene. It was one of the only um, film jobs he ever auditioned for uh, this bloke. And then he disappeared. And, like, I was like, that wouldn't happen now. You bring out the fucking franchise these days and it's like you signed up for 27 films. You know, you, you do the you do the circuit of all the conventions. You, you know, all the, you know, you'd be a hero to nerds, like, for the rest of your, rest of your days. He did, a, he did literally a fan remake of Halloween. Um, I read. Other than that, nothing. Like never, never got another role. Never came back for another movie. In which case, why unmask him? Because at that point, you might as well just keep the mask. Yeah. It can be like, it can be like Lucha. Well, then anyone can play him. I assumed at that stage, like with that, that there wouldn't have been the assumption there'll be another one of these. Mm. That it would just be one and done, and he makes this film, and it not becoming the kind of film that it is today, where where that theme in particular, like Carpenter, can do a fucking score all right. Um, Still holds up, I'm assuming. Like, because last time I saw it, it's, it's, I thought, I thought, oh, yeah, the music tremendous. holds up as well. Like, I, I, yeah, I've got good memories of that. Ice T used it as the intro to his uh power album, but anywho, um, but yeah, yeah. it's uh, yeah, it did kind of just shocked me really that, yeah, there wasn't the, there wasn't that cash in, you know, for uh, for later films yeah. or uh, or anything like that, but yeah, I don't know. So, so is that is that the way it should have gone then? Freddy's the big star, the rest of them are just like pretenders. Is that what it is? I would say no. I mean, I'd say Michael Myers is like the biggest star. It's just that you're having to accept that some of the works that they've done is not great. So there's a the, the vast swathes of these films are pretty shit. Hmm. No, we've got to be be honest about that. 
I think with Freddie ones, it's very much a time and place because this is very much like mid to kind of late 80s, like 87, I think it comes out. So it goes all the way up into like, they say, Freddie versus Jason. When would that have been? Like kind of very early 2000s? Mm. You know, right. where, it's, where like Freddie is just, a, he's the comedian. So he's the one that you kind of like out of the two, mm. even though he's terrible. Um, mm. But he's a like, I would look at him at like those as being like the big stars. I mean, something like, um, Jason is iconic, I suppose. Texas Chainsaw Massacre not getting kind of that many votes. It's a strange film. Mm. You go back and watch it because there's no blood. I remember that thing from, like, that used to be on like Bravo in the early hours all the time. I, yeah. like, I don't, I'd try and watch it. Probably because I'd seen The Wrestler do IWA King of Death Matches. <laughs> yeah. one of the first uh, tapes I ever borrowed in like the late 90s. Yeah, like that made me think I should like it, but it, it never really translated for me. I'm surprised AAA haven't got a character. Oh, they Mikha- did at some point. Yeah. Mikel Myers Jr. Mikel Myers. And they'll do like Hugo Savanovich doing a chant from the crowd like that. <laughs> like that psycho clown mask. That should really scare kids, but they fucking love it there. That'd be a good they? Halloween costume, man. Yeah? That would be a good one. I mean, that's always that's the one. If you're ever going to do wrestling ones, is just getting yourself a lucha mask. The only mask I have, though, is a Kid Lycos mask. <laughs> which I will keep quiet on that. Why did you or is he unmasking like it? It was Britrest, mate. It was the I hadn't owned a mask before. It seemed like a bit of a novelty to me. Is that your most regrettable Britrest purchase? Or no, God, no, 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 no. It's, <laughs> it it wouldn't even be in the. It wouldn't, it wouldn't even be in the top thirty, mate. Like it's, it gets, <laughs> it gets bad. I've I've got some t-shirts I can't wear anymore. Uh, not even for bed. Yeah. Uh, but what are you going to do? Brit Res has got a Brit Res. Um, yeah. But yeah, we'll be here. Obviously, uh, I think, uh, Liam says mm. he remembers how big an event it was. Nightmare announced you for mm. at least in 3D in 1991. <laughs> that's, the, uh, that's the stuff. Yeah, the big, uh, the big comeback. But yeah, we live in a, you know, as the Liam might say, and you might say, we live in a different time now. Time is different. It's all about nostalgia mm. and remakes for old stuff like that. So yeah, we thought we'd throw it in there as a, as a poll. We're going to, uh, Gareth and, uh, and Matt are going to both be uh, joining us uh, for that review uh, later in the week. But I don't know. I was going to say, speaking speaking of uh, speaking of old territory workers, did you watch it? Have you watched any of the territory stuff, JP, when we get into the main stuff? I know we were uh, saying we might mention this that is, on the show. What have you seen? This has, this has relatively slow news week or slow wrestling show week written all over <laughs> it when we're starting off with Tales We said we were going to catch up on it at some point. We did, though. And it is it's worth the looking at. The A-topic's going to start in a minute. We've got big news to go yeah. to. Don't worry. Yeah. Like, um, yeah, we're not going to go massively kind of big and in-depth on it. I mean, I watched the first episode and saw, which is just about Memphis, which could really be described as five old lads bullshitting, really, mm. in, in a on a circular mm. table in there. Right, fuck you. Christ, what a collection. I suppose it sums up Memphis in many ways. You've got, you know, Jeff mm. is there, of course. The old fella Jerry is there. Jerry that Lawler next to each other is there. As well, I noticed. Sorry, that next to each other as well. No beef. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's all good. Yeah, it was all all very good. They're talking about the uh, the grandma and stuff as well. Um, Jimmy Hart, who I mean, he just says stuff at this point, and it's just white noise. And um, who was the other one? Uh, yeah, Jerry Lawler. I think that's it, isn't it? No, those. Is there anyone else? Is there a fifth one? But anyway, it's. You know, this is from The Rock. It's obviously got the tie-in with uh, with Vice TV, where it's being shown on. It, it's, I have to say, the first episode I think is awful. 
I think it's like the kind of stuff that it really, I don't know, like it's just like a series of bullshitting stories, which I don't know if you know, like me, you've seen enough about Memphis and the rest of it. it it's, it's stuff that you're not surprised by, even if you don't know the specifics of the story. Mm. And it's, you're wondering the whole time you're going, but this is just a series of workers sat around a table working. It's no different from those. Remember on the um, WWE 24-7, used to have the Legends of Wrestling Roundtable. That's basically what it is. Yeah, it's, it is. Instead of it being a smoky room, they're all sat around in like nondescript black mugs that could be coffee, could be something stronger. Who are we to say? No. <laughs> it, but yeah, that's what, when, it, when it's doing like... 50,000 viewers on Vice or whatever. Like, yeah, of course it is, because it's fucking, it's fucking <laughs> Legends Roundtable. It's Alphard's, like, swapping stories about when it was real and how they used to batter fans <laughs> and stuff and take them into back rooms and confess yeah. to various crimes, you know? That's that's yeah. that's what it is. It's only for the heart of the hardcore. Like, I don't know, this kayfabe lock seems like a fucking lot of hard work to keep up at times when you're getting stabbed. But no, you're completely right. I mean, in this particular episode... It is like, what is it? Fans are shooting pins into people's asses. You've got the idea of just beating fans up in the back while the police watch on. That sounds very Memphis, the South in America in the late 1970s, early 80s. Um, Lawler's car getting wrecked by some bloke chucking a brick at it. And he's like, mm-hmm. But then he was going to drive at him and then he slashed his tires. And yeah. it's just like... Oh, that feels like an amalgamation sick. of like three different stories, by the way. They all yeah. feel like that. Like the perfection over it. time. You know, being stabbed in the arse with something or having a bottle of piss chucked at them. A bit like Daphne and Celeste at the Reading Festival, which were they, you remember when they were avoiding that on stage. Fair fucks to them. They did it. But they then still went. This, For, they still went. You know, we, we can people have done that. Yeah, absolutely. Mario Mario Gelento having his eye ripped out by... Uh, by Jerry Jarrett, of all people, of all the people sat on that round table. So I don't know who Mario Gelento is, other than he looks like a fucking pirate. But it's something to do with, and how more territory wrestling is this? I think it's like, Jerry Jarrett says that, like, is it Bill Welsh, the promoter, or whatever his name is? He's He's got dementia, and I'm thinking, uh-huh. Like, immediately I've got the bullshit detectors off the fucking hook. Mm-hmm. He said, I wasn't doing anything. It was trying to buy him out. It's like, you're a wrestling promoter in the South in the fucking late seventies, early eighties. Don't, don't even bother. Like, just, is, let's just work on the assumption you were trying to drive them out of business somehow. Which is funny because like Dutch Mantel is on the fucking on the panel here, and he's one of those people who was on Twitter. Was the other he, one. Kick, yeah, he was the other one kicking off at the uh, at the I think at the young wrestlers for doing spots that might slightly hurt too much, like that stupid dark match that everyone was kicking off about last week. Like, it's like, come on, mate. You always used to pull each other's eyes out and shit in each other's bags and yeah. possibly murder prostitutes. <laughs> it's like, yeah. come on, mate. <laughs> it's really not I'd say it's a lot. Like, we... Yeah, you're not getting the dark side of Memphis here. You're not even really getting even remotely close to it. I mean, this is... This one, they treat... They're just laughing the whole way through as they ripped Mario Gelento's eye out. And then you see pictures of it with him with just this massive fucking black eye. Mm. He then tries to attack Lawler with a razor like three days later, mm. doesn't he? Until Jimmy Valiant pulls a gun on him in the back. Which just, And then you just go, oh, Memphis. It's just yeah. what it is. Um, as much as anything, they have Eddie Gilbert running over Jerry Lawler, which is... Do the angle on the grass, lads. For one, there's a big old fucking grassy bit out back. Fucking Just go do it there with some speed oh as well. Oh my god, like, he's he really doing does. thirty. 
Darby Allen like, type he, stunt, you know. That's the type again. Like, that's the type of thing. One of these old folks, but like, oh, these unsafe workers doing this stuff. Like they were doing it in fucking Memphis. Um, by the way, Steph, Steph has stepped in here to say that uh, Daphne and Celeste, uh, uh, the, the piss that uh, was thrown at them at Redden was well-deserved. Apparently they called Brian uh, Malko from Placebo ugly weeks before. Oh, fair enough then. Yeah, they deserved um, pints. Yeah, of uh, deserved it. 50 cent got that A piss pure me. morning from Brian Malko of Placebo there. Sorry, dated Placebo reference, which we'll just move past. <laughs> so right, you're I'm brave here. to throw piss uh, at 50 cent? Was fucking, uh, yeah. <laughs> I remember that. Leave. Fucking hell. It's also come up and it's got sidetracked already. Did Daphne end up in a Vim Vendors film years later? That's a wild, wild statement. I wouldn't be that surprised. But, um, yeah. Stone Rose is bombing at night, uh, Reading 96. Yeah, we'll move on now to, uh, to favourite, like, <laughs> favourite King Gig's Gone King's Bad. Gone Wrong. Good idea. Um, recommend well, it. I don't and, and, and I at least believe some of the stories that are, like, kind of the stuff in the... There is one really weird bit in there where... Is it Dutch Mantel and Jeff Jarrett having a match to the Masters of Percussion? Oh, that comes up in Memphis. Yeah, yeah. They're having like, and they're like, just like playing like the fuck is this? Like yeah. some weird like, like in front of a orchestra. percussion orchestra. Yeah, like playing like when the heels got heat, they're playing like for both music, and when the babyface comeback comes up, these like the ramp. Somebody should do that, you know? <laughs> that could uh, that could still work. Proper concepts. art house stuff, mm. which. I mean, ultimately, what you end up with is that's that's what that first episode is. The second one, when you say about the art house stuff, is then when they get into Andy Kaufman and kind really of telling that, that story. Yeah. And, and that one, I've, I'm three quarters of the way through, but I'm thoroughly enjoying it. Can I it's ruin a it a better. little bit? Because the main thing yeah, I've got go to say is it. about the end of it. Because <laughs> it's like, it is, it's really good. Like, they tell the story of Andy Kaufman, which we've all heard a million times, you know. Film Club, we should do that movie at some point, actually. Man on uh, the Moon, yeah. I can't believe we've never done it. Throw that in uh, on a poll at some point. But yeah, we all know the story. We've all heard Jerry Lawler tell it a million times. But, like, it is, you know, they're talking about how, you know, he never cashed a paycheck from Memphis, that he was this. It's quite like a lot you're watching it going fuck but this is like the opposite of what happened with David Arquette like that would have been a good comparison we should have done them as a double feature ready yeah. to rumble and uh and the uh, and the movie about Kaufman because it's like yeah this guy was like the biggest you know he's on the biggest comedy show on TV taxi at that time willing to come for Memphis willing to like you know be a worker with the rest of us like he come he came in for a one shot and just kind of never went away and just like stayed part of it and the old ones loved him because he protected the business you know paid for like uh, uh, if this is true a fucking um uh, an ambulance and a three-day hospital stay to 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 sell uh, jerry lawler pile driving him and like even to it like the worst bit was like they show this clip at the end where i don't even think this is something to be proud of and, like jerry lawler's getting interviewed like in the days after he's died and the inter- the news reporter's like oh you know andy kaufman died obviously had the wrestling rivalry and stuff but you know what can you say and jerry lawler's like you should go ask somebody who liked him i hated him you know we had a whole you know we everyone knows our history you know we had to, we had our we had our war words we had our fight it's sad that he's dead but at the end of the day you should probably go to speak to us one of his friends rather than me because we really didn't get on and lawless like yeah and, until like until we made the movie when Kaufman's mum and dad apparently went to the set and were like we hated you for years and years like we hated you because you did that and because you said that and because of the, like the things that and that was the the level to which they were protected in the cafe like Andy Kaufman was apparently going yeah. home and telling his mum and dad oh, we, they really beat me up today oh yeah I was in the hospital for three days off that pile driver working his fucking parents to the point where when he's dead Jerry Lola can't even admit they were actually mates in real life like just fucked absolutely fucked you're right though it is fucked isn't it like I mean I'm 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 kind of looking forward to that stuff, but like, 
Yeah, he really did. Like, but it's also, it's, I mean, it's a story that you can go back to. It's one of the few stories that is really like a territory story because they talk about him going to WWWF then and to mm-hmm. um, Vince McMahon Senior and him turning it down basically for the reason of like, yeah, this isn't, he's not going to do that kind of angle, is he? He's not going to do somebody wrestling women from the audience on there, but like fucking hell. Like it was, it was a different take on a story you probably heard a million times. Yeah, I enjoyed that one. Did you see the um, you didn't see the AWA one then? Mm. That one's worth it. This is the reason I'm bringing it up in the intro because, like, this is the one that like I need I need you to watch because, like, okay. we all, I presume we've all heard Ken Patera tell us McDonald's story before. Oh, and he trashed the place. Yeah, well, is, is, he, is it a round table and Ken's on it? Yeah, so it's DDP, Greg Garnier, Medusa, Jumping Jim Brunzel. Who like looks like the spit of Snitsky at this point in his life? Like, tell me he's not Snitsky if anyone ever watches this thing. Like, and he's just he's fucked up because Jim Brunzel. First thing Jim Brunzel is like, oh, it's so nice to be back with the boys. You know, so many of our compatriots have died over the years. You know, I don't get to spend much time you know with you type of guys anymore. And they're like halfway through the episode, they're talking about like some pills that somebody took, and he's like, oh yeah, I was like the dealer backstage. People had come to me. They call me. They call me Doctor Jim, and I give them tablets, and it was like. Wondering why your mates are all dead. You know, this, this might be yeah. part of it. <laughs> this, this might be still be part Probably of makes it. sense why the uh, killer bees were were very much hired by the WWF back Fucking in the day hell. as well. With two birds, but, one stone. But like, he's, he's it's all right, Georgie Z, you stay at home tonight. <laughs> Jim's here. Well, he's telling that story because he's 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 because Ken Patera, like there's like that famous shoot interview we did with Gabe Sapolsky years ago. That it was, I think it was an RF one. I don't think it was an ROH one. Where. Um, Kapolsky asks him about the McDonald's incident and Ken Patera threatens to kill him because he's sick of telling that story. But it's one of those where it's like, he's half sick of the story, but you can tell he loves it. And it's changed so many times over the years. But like, even during this show, what I liked about it was like DDP and like DDP of all people and Medusa and Jim Runzel are going... Yeah, he's full of shit. That didn't happen because his story's like that. He I, he went to this McDonald's like after after opening hours. He wanted like twelve Big Macs or something like or twelve quarter pounders. They wouldn't sell it to them because they were like filming a commercial in there. So like he was going there. Yeah, and then randomly this kid just turned up off the street. And he threw a brick through the window. And I ran away because I didn't want them to think it was me. And then all of a sudden, the police turned up. And like, Medusa's like, come on. I mean, it was you. Just, just a bit at this point. And, like, and it like, tells the story. It's like fucking... The parts that are true are funny. Because he's like, he's in his um, hotel room, isn't he? And the police come. And like, the the police like... There's news reports from the time. So I think there is truth to this. Like, 15 police, police officers, like ride yeah. into that into their bedroom and start trying to uh trying to like arrest them and then Ken Patera fights them back and beats up. He ends up doing two years in prison over it. Like it's like yeah. they're telling this story. It's a uh, master it's Saito, isn't it? They're trying to like tell um jokes yes, like oh beat me, me and me and Saito were like, you know, we were these big tough guys and they didn't know what they dealt with and we fought them off. Two years in prison he got two, worth two years of his life. <laughs> and he they, they counted up they're like so how much money did that cost you? And they're like, oh he's like, oh about like Three hundred thousand dollars. I'm like, oh, was that like lawyer fees? And he goes, no, that's in bookings. I missed over the two years I was in prison. I was like, I love that you you've like done those maths and worked those numbers out. Fucked. Jesus Christ. Like, incredible. I'm looking on it. He's been, and I don't think there's any surprise for him. He's been married and divorced three times, and he has two daughters. Going away for two years over a fight in a fucking McDonald's. She still won't own up to it already. Didn't, didn't he was an Olympian. He was like the original. 
He wasn't a gold medalist, but he was like the original Olympian. Hmm. It's the curly hair that sticks out for him. But it would be a lot easier if he just went, I was absolutely pissed. I was was off my tits. Why? It was the (laughs) mid-80s. We all were. Of course we were. If we weren't, we were looked at like we were fucking weirdos. But like, blame it on the kids as well for it as well. Um, But yeah, it's... Yeah. It's worth watching just for that. Some of the wacky stories, just like the fucking, just the state of it. <laughs> just that, but they, they've done a good job. Like the people they've got on it, these little roundtables they're doing. It's basically who's left, you know, who can still competently <laughs> tell you a story. You know, hence why, you know, DDP's on the AWA one and he's, he's there for a cup of coffee as a manager, isn't he? But like, you know, yeah. it's not like they can't get Hogan. So, you know, we'll go with DDP. <laughs> we'll get him instead. But yeah, it's uh, Little it's Life watching it. You can. Real Life Handbagler, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you can Google it. Google way where you can watch wrestling, and it might uh, it might well pop up. I don't don't think it's getting yeah. a release date. Remember last time when we were reviewing, we were like one of the first to review um, Dark Side of the Ring, and then one of the producers oh, yeah. on Twitter all angry about people watching black copies of it because oh, you know it's going to get a release internationally. One no, did it really? No, like Mate. Not like two in the morning on Viceland or whatever. Yeah. It was like it was buried away on four on the month. Either do it. Look. You're dealing with wrestling fans. You should know that above anyone else. We've always said this. When it comes to kind of new technologies and various streaming things, wrestling tends to be quite far ahead of the curve. So this is not of any surprise. <coughs> it's You'd be better off just putting it up on YouTube, frankly, and doing it that way. But, you know, they'll think about monetization and the rest of it. But no, I'll, I'll look forward to seeing these. Like there's, there's other stuff that I kind of think from a documentary side. We haven't gone near them, like you say, for a while because we did Dark Side of the Ring. I remember the China documentary as well. Isn't there the Vince one coming pretty soon yeah, on device called Nine Lives? And I'll be fascinated to know the turn in the the tone in that. Mm, I'll be telling that story. Mm. Mm. For that one, yeah, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, there you go. It's out there if you want, you want to watch some uh, some wacky yeah. stories. Uh, we got the chat going wild there, JP. We uh, yeah, we we broken the formula of the show already. Did you have any other um, funny gig stories you've been to before we do move on? Any other? Uh, <laughs> have you ever, have really you ever like... get booed off a stage? Get thrown <coughs> at them. Um, Finley Quay <coughs> at a V Festival. He was absolutely fucked, just spinning around in a circle. He was a mess. Oh, that was man. it. That's not really like a, a fun story. Just watching a man having a breakdown, really. <laughs> um, yeah, Simon mentions there in the chat about the Kenny Omega documentary, which we reviewed, which was meant to have a DVD release and all these extras. What the fuck happened to that? We were saying, AEW should get this. Like, see if they can get it shown on some sort of turn of properties as well, to see if they can get that out there. But that was... remember reviewing that. And the... Um, and the... You can't kill David Arquette. Quite a long, long history of doing documentaries on this show. And obviously, great documentary. Remember that one? We had a great time talking that JP. <coughs> what know, the fuck was that? <laughs> yeah, Jesus Christ. <coughs> Especially all those other, people um, who paid. I think it's enough time has passed out that we can admit the, the director literally got in touch and was like, "Yeah, it was shit, wasn't it?" <laughs> Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah, thank you. Thanks Mate. for the uh, the promo copy, but you know, I appreciate that you <laughs> you know too. <laughs> What's happened to the Vlad documentary mm. in there? Mm. I mean, I'm now intrigued by what they wanted to do for the Lex Luger one, given how much kind of like the Lex Luger A and E documentary mm. as well. And I think there's like, I mean, I think there's so much stuff that's right for for kind of telling, but I think there's a part of me. You can do the roundtables, obviously, the people who are there as well. 
But there's something about that I'd kind of like to see more wrestling historians just because of the skewed point of views of wrestlers and the way that in wrestling, legend, like the myth becomes the legend and that becomes the truth. After a while, it's like, Hogan slamming a thousand pound Andre the Giant in front of 117,000 people at the Pontiac Silverdome. It's just mm. like... The Offspay documentary was a fucking mess. It's like all these old school wrestlers, you know? Like, it's like, oh, fucking the Sheets and, oh, Melton and Keller, these marks, they don't know what they're talking about. They're all fucking talking to them. Like, they'll say that publicly, but they're they're all on the phones them first. And who's, who's, like, the people who keeps them in touch with the wrestling industry? Who do they still speak to this time? It's your Melton and Kellers and that, isn't it? It's the, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, the people who still remember they existed or remember their story or tell history, you know, the the way it, it should be told rather than, you know, through documentaries spearheaded by actual companies yeah and and just to get the first plug in for the patreon for the night patreon.com forward slash grapple in yeah second one in november we're going to be doing obviously i think we're going to be doing wrestling with shadows aren't we (laughs) at some point as well so that is going to be fantastic and uh yeah really look forward to uh to managing to get around seeing that but it looks like we've we've got a guest early as well haven't we (laughs) <laughs> I think she's there she on. is. JP Hello, fellas. We got Hello, Karen. Joining us. Hello, Karen. We didn't even ask if you were ready or you wanted to come on. You just on. Uh, well, Hello. it was one of those things where I had to hop on as soon as possible because one, I think my air conditioning just went out of my house. Oh, no. Two, Ooh. I think my dog has an ear infection and I have to take her to the emergency vet after this. And yeah. And I leave Ooh. for New York on Thursday morning, so I have to do this all like in the next twenty-four hours. Oh, Jesus Christ! But I did not want to pull out on you guys, so thank you. Here I am. God oh, bless you. And how are you? I'm doing well, minus the fact that it's about thirty degrees in, uh, Celsius in my apartment right now. Oh, things Jesus. are good. It's it's that kind of Florida day, is it? That it's, kind of intense Florida heat. It cools off in the mornings and overnight, mm. but then middle of the day, it's just like summer weather. But yeah, my poor dog. She she nicked something in her ear, and she just made it progressively worse over the last week. Even though I've been cleaning it, so apologies to everyone who's watching this live. I have like no makeup on. I'm sweating like I'm paid for it. But I was like, I want to talk to my lads, so I have to go be Grapples Karen Peterson for a couple and hours. Simon told the area to uh, to steer us back to wrestling. I don't think that's true, Karen. We yeah. got well, that's talk. We can talk about your trip to England. Oh wait, maybe not that. Uh, oh yeah, about that. About that. Oh. <laughs> In what fact, the day of the show, there was train strike. So even I had a, had a ticket and couldn't go. Like, I mean, was just... I was, my, my hotel was over near Crystal Palace. So uh, I'll probably never ever stay there because after, even with, you know, the entire state being closed for a state of emergency and, you know, the airports being closed and British Airways being like, yeah, we're not flying. Their argument was, well, you use the third party site, so we're not refunding any of your money. Oh, and I'm like, oh, it's oh, an act oh. of God. I, I literally cannot be there. And they're like, well, they're like, that's not our problem. And I'm like, well, I'm never using you ever again. And I'm going to use that money elsewhere. And I yes. I am. <laughs> <laughs> so you're off to New York. Is that see Rumble on 44th Street? I am going to the night before, possibly cosplaying oh, yeah. as a deathmatch Despy slash Rocky Romero cosplay. We'll have to see if that comes through or not. Okay. And yeah, I I mean, I wasn't going to talk about it, but I did tell JP about this off air. I said, you know what? England broke my heart. It wasn't meant to be. I'm going to Japan in a couple of weeks. So I'm going to pack oh, my bags wow. and just wow. F off and <laughs> spend, spend, spend a week. The, oh, the hurricane was good. It was uneventful for, hmm. for us in central Florida. Uh, there was about maybe a meter and a half of standing water everywhere near where I live in it. 
for, I live near a, a nature preserve, so there's like lots of oh, animals yeah. and wildlife. So Florida is wetlands everywhere, and it just everything flooded. Not my house though, but yeah, oh, that's good. But yeah, I'm going to Japan, so I'll be I'll, I'll be less cranky yeah. in about 19 days. Japan versus <laughs> Crystal Palace. I think Japan wins. I think. Oh I think my god, it. you've you've dodged the bullet because if if they were like if New Japan were doing the show at the Copper Box, would you have heard like? so many people just because it's a lovely it's a, venue and was all right, built for the Olympics I know I'm so I the big joke but Ben Ben I never went did you you went to NXT UK didn't you I'm oh, I did not watch it at home don't be, <laughs> don't be, don't be turning into one of those old territory storytellers I did not choose NXT UK over it I, st- I, I chose staying at home and watching all of the pay-per-views and it didn't work out I, I made a mistake well I mean yeah. the pay-per-view stream internationally at least in yeah. Florida was a a challenge to say the least <laughs> oh it really was it was like sort of triple mania style levels for it but as a venue it'd be one that you'd because it's perfect for those wanting to come to London just because it's in the middle of the olympic park i would like to see my friends next time i'm there like half the people i know in england they're all like oh no i'm going to paris to disney world i'm going to germany i'm going yeah, there were a lot of people I going to Germany that weekend. Yeah, a lot of people, or they're just like, the yeah. train drinks aren't worth it. So, yeah, hard That's pass. Like, you like, were willing to come from further, and people like me up north were like, it'd take like six hours to get there. I'm not doing it. <laughs> but, man, like, I am so jealous of y- your call times where it's like, yeah, the show will start at three. I'm like, I would give anything to be home in my own bed by eight o'clock at night. Oh. <laughs> It's it's spotted. The problem is is getting out of there. If you were going anywhere, like say into North London that day, because the way Crystal Palace is situated, it would be right off on the the. Um, it would just take you like four hours to get across London because it's terrible like that. Yeah. But I was going to uh, speaking of it. I mean, have you had a chance to watch the Raw Quest shows? I mean, we spoke about it last week in terms of the FTR and um, Aussie Open tag match. But did you get to see all of it? No, not yet. Actually, it was one of those things where I wanted to I wanted to sit down and watch everything, but I've realized I've had a lot of wrestling burnout lately. So when the show finally went live, I was still in North Carolina mountains with my mom and my sister on a moonshine uh, excursion, just drinking moonshine and riding a train through the the lovely, lovely mountains of North that Carolina. Great, but also um, possibly illegal. Sounds amazing. This it was. Amazing. It was. It was fantastic. I've never seen my mom do shots before, so it was an experience. Hey, she's um, proper prohibition behavior. There are pictures and videos that will never see the light of day from that trip. But <laughs> it was uh, it was one of those things where because of the tape delay, I haven't been able to catch up. I even like the stardom show that was on Sunday. Mm. I started watching it today and I was in the middle of the Kyrie versus Alpha female match and mm. the broadcast window ended. So the stream cut out on me and I'm like... No, no, why? No, <laughs> not now. I have life. <laughs> well, I can, I can update you on those. Well, if you I, mean, I, know, I know the results, but I just wanted to like watch the matches. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, what we did before, Karen, is it's not that we were stalling, but we did the B topics first. We thought we'd stay with the A topics for you, you know, when you were, yes. you were mm. able to join us. Got some news to talk about. Even, I don't know if you've seen it, the Grapple Top 10 from uh, August and September. Thought we'd get your, uh, I- your views on some of that. I did take a peeky peeky at the uh, okay. the grapple top ten, Let's and it's one of those things where I'm just like, this is why I don't ever. I I'm on the app. I just never rated a single match because I'm just like, people would think I'm out of my mind. <laughs> this is why <laughs> Karen knows nothing about Break wrestling. The algorithm. 
That's what we need. I, we need more. Uh, oh no! I'd, I would be your chaos monster. I'd be like, no. <laughs> Let oh, me give this what... match five stars. <laughs> there are those people. I mean, in fairness, I've kind of ruined it by putting all my Randy Orton two and a half star ratings in there mm-hmm. in a fit of rage because Gareth told me that he'd gamified it. We get a kind of award. I'm, right, I'm going through <laughs> every one of those over a long period of time. It wasn't like necessarily time. Do I could have spent it better. People log in. I'm like, oh, I hate. Will Ospreay or insert wrestler here. I'm going to give every one of his matches 0.25 stars. That does like happen. If it, so if you don't like them, just don't watch. I mean, it's like why? Why do you? I, I don't understand. Why do people hate watch wrestling? Like You're find some find that. that like, like maybe I'm in a very like Marie <laughs> Kondo mood where I'm just like find something that sparks joy, man. Just like if you don't like it, you don't like it. That's fine, but like it's not worth the ulcers and the gray hair or the hair falling out just just find something you like man <laughs> stuff that really makes you i mean it's like i'll dive into kind of and we'll speak about it so i don't really watch nxt i don't watch nxt as i should say but like i watched all of halloween havoc this week partly because it's a you know there wasn't necessarily that much going on but it's kind of interesting to dip in because they don't do many of these events very often so it just feels like you're kind of keeping your eye in yeah. but i would say I can't get that worked up about Halloween Havoc for like to kind of get angry about it in any way, like shape or form. I, I don't mean, feel that strongly about Damon Kemp. Yeah. Well, I went to uh, Halloween Havoc, what was it, two years ago during the, the mm. height of the, the NXT Thunderdome days? And that night was actually kind of fun because it was a costume night. So everyone could dress up in costume. And my friend and I dressed, because at that, I'm thinking that show, it was Candice LeRae versus Io Shirai. So I went as Io, she went as Candice. And we were against the barricade. And during the, uh, oh God, Damien, I want Damien Priest. I was about to call him Punishment Martinez uh, versus Johnny Gargano match. I pointed to my friend who had like a purple Candice LeRae wig on. And he just like picked up Johnny and like throttled him into the barricade right in front of us. I'm like, that's what you want. (laughs) But I mean, they all have costumes this year. Really? A lot of the fans, yeah, yeah. There was a couple of people oh, who were dressed yeah, up. There was it's just an NWO Hogan and like I have I haven't people. recovered from the 2.0 Nickelodeon Splatoon version of NXT. I, I know they're I know they're trying to scale it back and bring it back to you know what it used to be, but I'm th- th- that's my toxic ex boyfriend right now. I need <laughs> I, I need <laughs> I can't get back involved with NXT right now. I need I need a little more stability first. <laughs> Oh, we'll, uh, we'll, cha- we'll, we'll chat that later, won't we, Dave? We've got like a mix of uh, a grab bag of stuff like that. We can kind of. Yeah. I'm the same. I'm, my review of NXT Halloween Havoc is going to be about a, like a minute and 30 seconds. Like, I don't know if I've, I've got like the energy in me to, to give a, a strong take on it, on that. Um, but yeah, we could talk. I've got one strong NXT. opinion on it, and I wouldn't even okay. say it's that strong, but mm. I'll, I'll save it for when we get around. Might be it. the commentary, um, as Simon says here in the chat. That Christ be, uh, above. The, yeah, one of the things we could, I, we could talk about. Once they got rid of Beth Phoenix, I was like, I, I wash my hands of you. It's Booker T. Yeah. Sorry. He's rotten, but yeah. Before we get Apologies. there, I suppose, like, as I said, we got you on, Karen, as the uh, the expert. We got some uh, some news to talk about, but we just uh, just mentioned it there. What did you uh, make of the uh, the grapple uh, top ten um, so far there this year? The uh, the uh, the ten mm-hmm. to one. If uh, if people uh, haven't seen it yet, it was uh, this is for uh, for the it was based on an average of over twenty three thousand match ratings from grapple users. And this is from August and uh, and September. Death Triangle v United Empire was number ten from the from Dynamite. Uh, Osprey versus RKJ from the Rev Pro tenth anniversary in ninth. Oh yeah, is Danielson, that that one? Danielson Garcia from Dynamite on eighth. 
Dark Order and uh, Hangman Page against the Elite. That's surprising. That got so high from uh, from All Out was seventh. Uh, Lee Swerve and the Acclaim. That surprises me. Left from All Out was sixth. Yeah. And then there's a, a lot of New Japan here. Uh, Finley Osprey from Burning Spirit fifth. Uh, Higuchi Takashita from DDT. Uh, Takashita, sorry, from DDT fourth. Naito v Osprey um, third from the G1 Climax. Osprey Shingo from the G1 Climax. And Okada Osprey from the G1 Climax. That makes up your top three. That top match, Okada Osprey. Uh, 4.8 average sits miles above wow. everything else, but yeah, I'm actually like, surprised. Personally, I feel like the Death Triangle and the United Empire match could be flip flopped with the Dark Order and Page match versus the Elite. Mm. Yeah, it was like again sp- personal preference, but I just felt like that was the better match for me. I think yeah, any of the the Elite's TV matches, especially like say yeah, the uh, like Osprey and uh, the Aussies against them, and the the other one they had were better than that like i didn't think the pay-per-view match was up to much to be honest i wouldn't have i don't think i went over four stars on that one yeah no, no, neither did i i mean i think those trios matches like in the moment are kind of fun on AEW because it's a thing that they do isn't it it's very much your pwg six mans and you go okay fine they they do those and they have them on there a lot it's it's just how like the Death Triangle United Empire one, it's like I more remember it for the novelty of United Empire kind of being there. But about that match, I have no recollection at all. I mean, looking at this list, there's a there's like I mean, I was at Osprey RKJ, and I would uh, I would definitely advise that. And I know they've announced RKJ versus Great O'Khan for the December Rev Pro show at your call. So I'm kind of intrigued to see how that does and seeing RKJ on New Japan side. So I, I don't think it's the thing is he's a junior really in terms of his size so like him going to new japan probably wouldn't be the necessarily the the, the best thing there but it, really the story is how many osprey matches mm, like in there true. four of the top five saw the higuchi Takeshita match i thought that was great that one from who's who who's gonna top as well that was like you know Takeshita coming back i think i went four and a half on that because it was like it was proper <laughs> It was oh, proper sorry. brutal, and he won with a diving headbutt. And you know, Tony Khan. Who, who, no, wait, no, sorry. Who, who better than Zelda to kind of tell us exactly? You She's know, she's like, that- you're out of your mind. Do they like dogs? Because that's that's her that like that's her deciding factor for any wrestler that she likes. He's like, do they like dogs? <laughs> so like, show Sonata, Yo, Tanahashi, they're all up there for her because they all love dogs. dogs. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I'm also, I mean, I'm glad to see the. Uh, Swerve in your glory versus acclaimed match doing as well because that was mm. such a tremendous match from all out. I mean, it's in the all out match, not the TV match, which was a lot better yeah, than the, I thought. Yeah, it was a lot, lot better. I mean, it's like an, an entirely different storyline, but it's one of those ones where you do say, oh, call an audible in the ring because of the, the overall reaction it, it would end up getting. But um, it felt like it was the culmination of them being a an important act for them on TV. But it's, you know, this is including G1. And I think it is to be noted that it isn't like, you know, it's not all of G1 because that's going on in July as well. But it is telling you about like kind of, you know, that there's only the three matches. Like sometimes on these G1 weekends, and I know on the Must See Matches project, um, Alan recently did, uh, was it Tetsuya Naito versus Kenny Omega and the final they had, which was ridiculous. I mean, so ridiculous and so ridiculous, dangerous at points as well, but just an absolutely incredible match. And I still feel like, you know, I remember watching that Akada Osprey match, but I don't necessarily remember it too well. Like, I I think there's a thing about 
I feel mm. like that about all those G1 matches. I definitely saw that. I definitely saw the Shingo match. Definitely mm. saw the Naito match. Didn't leave an impression on me that there'll be matches I'll think about at the end of the year, which is shocking for a G1. Maybe maybe that's strong for Os- Osprey Okada. You know, that that's one of yeah. I will consider for my top ten. But well, I mean, we're those, revisiting was... Naito Osprey next weekend at uh, right. Autumn Battle Autumn. Mm. Yeah, that's right. And we were setting up the the US. That's the US title, which is headlining yes. as well, isn't it? Um, for that they're one, keep, there they're keeping well. Okada and Jay apart until Wrestle Kingdom. It, it's interesting, Finley versus Osprey, because Finley is very much like in terms of a year. Like I'm, I'm hesitant to say breakout years because sometimes I, th- I still think as we come to the end of a kind of clap crowd era, it's he's definitely one of those people who's like let's say a Carl Fredericks, for example, like how patient has David Finley had to be in order to get his chance. And it feels like he's kind of getting his chance. And I have to say like the new Japan cup and the couple of times we've seen him do singles matches, he's been really good. And it feels like, okay, he's kind of getting it. And I'm kind of glad he's not with juice Robinson. Like I would have imagined that he would ended up, you know, in a lot of wrestling companies, he'd kind of disappear off into the ether. And it's surprised that he's, you know, given the connections he could have if he wanted to go to WWE, you've got his dad being able to put that kind of word in for him. But he stays there. And I don't know how old he is. I'm assuming he's like early 30s at this point as well. So, and he's late, got late that... 20s, early 30s, I think. That's, and, he's, and he's got that crowd connection through the fact he came through the dojo system. I think there's always going to be that element. That that's always something that's going to, he's going to have with him. And he feels like that bit more relevant. Now, I know it's it's Osprey as well that he's in there with, which kind of tells you the the form that Osprey is on. But God knows what they'll do. Uh, what are they going to do with him at the Dome? There we go. There's a, there, there's a question which leads, leads very nicely. I mean, they, they should, you know, give him and Sonata that match and put the belt back on Sonata because Sonata wasn't given a fair shake with that belt. No. But. Him, and, him and Omega? probably but i don't know if like if they could it all depends on how i guess how things shake out with aew in the next couple of months and if that's if that's still on the table if that's where they're going with it i don't know well that's the thing as well i like that like there was a non-story from Fightful today talking about how you know there were international wrestlers and promotions who wanted to do stuff in New Japan, and apparently New Japan has just been like, "Oh, we'll book through to the end of the year." Sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, out. you have to wait till after New Year's Dash, guys. They're they're kind of <laughs> yeah. they're kind of busy. And even January fourth, that AW've got that Dynamite, haven't they? Um, going on in um, Seattle, haven't they? It's because uh, that's why I don't. James Danielson's not going to be over. I mean, I don't. Uh, I... In some ways, I wondered whether or not they'd end up doing like kind of, I don't know whether or not you you'd want you'd imagine Moxley would want to be there. Just it's because just of, one of those things because Moxley's he's currently the champ, right? Mm, so it's so long as he's champion, he's not going to lose a match in New Japan. So any match that he has would either have to be him if he doesn't lose the belt before the dome, he'd either have to go in as champion and see if they would let him defend the AEW championship on a non AEW program, but if they're running a program concurrently on the same day, why would you not have your top champion on that program? And, and they're short at the top and it's, oh, and right. it's too risky for them to not book him or, or book him in new Japan. And then AEW pulls a power move and pulls him at the last minute because, you know, people are where they are right now. People are either on the shelf or they're, 
they've vanished from the time being because we don't we don't get any news updates as to what's going on with wow. like brawl out and stuff like that so it's just one of those things where it's just We've got some, but yeah, <laughs> it, it, there's some, but not enough. And it's yeah, just, it's yeah, just, I understand that the the love and the passion, the desire people have, and they want to see Kenny Omega in the dome again, or they want to see John Moxley in the dome again. But AEW isn't at a stable point right now where they can afford to not have them on one of their shows right now, if they're healthy enough to wrestle. Well, on that note, you read my mind, Karen. That was the uh, the next Did thing I? we were uh, going to mention. <laughs> is we have had a bit of news um, on that front um, as far as uh, the brawl out, uh, fallout uh, kind of goes, oh. uh, both from Keller and Meltzer uh, this week. Um, obviously, uh, Wade Keller did. Uh, I don't know if you heard it, JP, the Wade Keller hotline um, that he uh, helpfully put out after we'd done the weekend show on Friday last week. Yeah. Mm, when he ran yeah, through I... uh, the issues of Punk. He did in uh, in in Wade Keller style of really like I've been saying about this stuff for quite some time. Like <laughs> glad glad if somebody's listening, um, he loves and he kind of because he and because he's got a distance to it. Like you know, Dave was there, wasn't he? Or he might. I don't know. Like he's like I say. I still want to, the thing about Dave Mills, I just want to say it now. I want to know what the cleaning story beyond the office is. I want to know what it looked like beforehand with before photos. I want to see who did I it. I want the episode of Hoarders on that one. Like, I, I, I want the full behind the scenes. I want, like, I want to know, like, how many people it took, how many hours it took, if they had to hire a team. Feels like Brian's being very polite about it, being like, you know, it was it was probably worse than it looks in the photos, but he's not saying why. You know, there's Less there was like heart. probably 1980s newsletters mixed in with food and drink and you know, who knows, oh, no. protein powder. Do you reckon, <laughs> the protein Do you reckon powder. From the door, just went, come on, gonna go see some roller derby, and then just waved in the cleaners as he's pushed Dave towards his car and gone, yeah, there we go, get in there, cleaning up. Um, <laughs> He should be bloody appreciative of anything, but um, yeah, it was his was it his birthday as well? His birthday that Something was his like birthday him. present. They set him up for video. Um, so Dave's just that's a big that's present. Like, that's like going home to that for the holidays and like helping your parents with like the tech setup in their house. Yeah. It's just like, oh, the Wi Fi is not working. Let me take a look at it. Yeah, I can't I get, get on the interwebs. Can you take a yeah? Yeah, it's fine. Oh. Don't worry about it. And he's like, oh, <laughs> on your phone. Mum gets like a an Amazon Fire Stick or something. Ritual set it up. He knows what he's doing. Okay, fine. Yep. I'll literally turn it on and press a button. Like, I mean, okay. <laughs> I gave my mum my Netflix login. I, honestly, she looked like she could weep. And it was just all to watch Down and Abbey, which because I'm tight and only play for that one subscription, it was ages where I can't. Like, <laughs> my sons were kicking off. It's like, why? Because Nanny's on the bloody on Netflix watching Downton Abbey and I went oh, do you not fancy watching that and it was like no oh, complete that's kick what you, you tell them you're you're here because your nan's here so you know what oh, let, let her have this one win yeah well he's given money to the eldest boys it's his birthday on Friday oh, so well. he, he's alright with her <laughs> I feel terrifyingly <laughs> old yeah how old's Meltzer by the way someone asked in the chat there I don't know Meltzer it's late 50s maybe I would guess I think he's early 60s is he I want to say he's early 60s we don't have a fact checker in the chat just being like, hey, let me whip up the yield Wikipedia and be like. <laughs> I'm sure Dave's got it written down in his office somewhere on a piece. On a, a scrap of paper. <laughs> which was a certificate. Born 24th of October, 59, which would make him what? Uh, 62? 60s. 63. Wow. I was an English major. Yeah. Don't ask me to do math. He's got those guns going. Yeah. So yeah, he would have been 63 on this birthday. Jesus, Jesus yeah, Christ. Christ. 
Yeah, he got he had he those is, guns man. out in the picture as well. He looked well. He looked. Uh, oh yeah. He was. I heard the, the audio. He was like, "I wasn't flexing." I was like, "Yeah, you were, Dave. Come on, I bet you were." Mate, he's always flexing. <laughs> on that bloke, he's always flexing. Always. Uh, but you led directly. Yeah, you were going to mention about like the the yeah. brawl out. The so there's out two. Of- there's two like two reports came out. Obviously, Dave has come out and said that you know he, in his belief, the the investigation is is wrapping up. He's kind of putting together the fact that you know there's been little references here and there to the elite and Kenny, which I've been glad of. You know, it's no longer pretending they never work there. And um, you are hearing the name mentioned, even if it's historical stuff. Um, but yeah, that's kind of a, his thing. He said, you know, he thinks he's going to be coming back soon, and it's kind of for him. It was more just a feeling. Whereas he said with Punk um, that it's looking very doubtful that he, he's ever coming back. Obviously, we all we talked about it on the weekend show last week. Also, the nukes that uh, mm. it looks like uh, Punk and AW are coming to an agreement. And yeah, as I say. Uh, but Wade Keller had his had his ripe right up where he kind of like basically kind of laid out everything he's heard over the last few months that you know Punk yep. didn't so much have the leverage he might have had in the past just because you know he's been a difference maker and a needle mover but you know it wasn't game changing um, changes yeah. we can get into to whether that's true or, or not, sustained but yeah but also the fact that yeah Punk you know didn't have so much sway in the locker room you know just in that you know he was kind of like this this above everything bigger star type, you know, that he's making, you know, upwards of three million a year. Obviously him, Punk, you know, Punk, Brian and Cole all come in at the same time, moved a lot of people, you know, kind of further further down down the line. But, you know, obviously with the with the rant that uh, the Punk cut after uh, All Out, which a lot of people kind of viewed as a bit calculated and then unhinged as the uh, as the word that uh, the way Keller used, and a lot of people were were very much uh, offended by the fact that you know Punk in, in that rant talked about you know Hangman Page having done nothing in the business. You know Hangman Page who'd just been AW World Champion, uh, apparently that's nothing um, in the business. You know things like that are really what kind of kill punk and yeah even if even if there might have been a time where you know tony khan would have been the type to be well i'm a big punk fanboy i'm gonna side with him over over kenny in the books the situation kind of was such that you know he couldn't do that based on you know the overall locker room feeling towards punk the position punk put him in and just generally um you know the the, the way punk handled uh everything and his unrepentant style i mean yeah gives us a uh, no real hope now i don't think that uh i'm a big uh punk fan uh karen i don't think even i can uh defend them during this study the only person who will defend punk is punk and maybe his wife um Hey, still, else. mate. Yeah, he's got his mortgage. Still. Depends on it, really, doesn't it? <laughs> That's so. true. Yeah, I hope he has a good dental plan. That's all I gotta say. Yeah. Yeah. He still, by the way, claims that um, he was shocked that he got released by AW. Like that's that's not a part of the story I was ever going to be shocked by. Like, of how, course how, he was how... going to get released. <laughs> I'm no HR specialist, but <laughs> like... I, uh, last time I checked, that is a significant amount of paperwork, and it typically is frowned upon. You know, yeah. biting your colleagues. Yes. It, Non-consensually. Exactly. <laughs> People get funny about it. I don't know why. I mean, I'm amazed it took so long for it to to, to happen on there. Um, but like you mentioned with, with everything else, I mean, I, I've seen some like kind of comments like about, because it feels like we're coming to this resolution. And it was, it was odd seeing, like reading the Wrestling Observer newsletter this week to hear Dave kick off about it because if you go into the world of any other sports or any other wrestling companies, WWE is its own weird beast under Vince because they like to pretend like reality doesn't really exist. Yeah. But if wrestlers tend to miss shows with the kind of notable exception of the, whatever's going on with Carl Anderson at the moment, say in Japan, they're very much saying they're out. 
they're not able to be there. That's you know they'll strip titles and and the rest of it kind of uh, of base on it. But just having no news like that, that's not a way. That doesn't look like a way of dealing with a situation. You can say, look, we've got an internal investigation. It kind of is something that's going to drag on. But I mean, this is in the week of at the UFC 280. There were three big fights behind the scenes. There was involving Chimaev and um, oh, I don't know if it was TJ Dillashaw, but there was there was a few things kind of. Oliveira definitely was at the centre of it, and it's you know you think of these like combustible personalities, but it looks like Phil saw his way out, didn't he? And it sounds yeah. like the buyout is something that's going to be happening. It suits all parties. Although I did want to note somebody, I, I did read somebody said uh, made an interesting point of basically saying of all of all the people to leave, Punk is the one who's got the kind of more interesting stories and kind of character arc stuff from a wrestling perspective to do there. Probably um, like like with Kenny in there as well. But the Bucks feel like someone, for example, like, who there would have been a point in time like they kind of need to go to that different territory and kind of move on. And I, I think that is a point that that's there but you can't keep him in a way it's 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 keeping that kind of it's what man united see with cristiano ronaldo at the moment it's it's someone there who isn't good for the overall environment so you get rid because disharmony will cost you a lot more because it will cost more people to leave yeah, it, it's one of those things where it's, I hate to put, use this analogy, but it's like the, the rotten apple spoils the whole bushel. It's, I mean, I know he has a legacy. I know he has history and I know he's done a lot for the company since he's been there. The problem is, is that everything that's happened in the last few months has soured a lot of people's perspective of the product there. And the, the lack of transparency has shattered a lot of people's faith in Khan's ability to manage this company as, as the owner or CEO or whatever position he's in right now. It's it's just one of those things like a little bit of transparency can go such a long way. Like yeah. in, in New Japan, for example, somebody gets a somebody has a sniffle and they're like, they're over in the hospital doing a PCR test. Like, here's like the 18 point plan that we have for XYZ people. Mm. But this has gone on long enough where there should be more transparency. Yeah. Unless it is involving people losing like you know that are in positions of power executive positions of power who are going to lose their job i.e this could cause the collapse of the entire company yeah because should hypothetically kenny and the bucks leave without who's who's going to do the wrestling like everything that aew was built on will other than hangman Mm -hmm. page being there will have evaporated yeah, yeah, that's the thing. It makes the that romantic story of the AW. I, I felt like that when Cody went, you know, with the romantic story of AW being put together by these wrestlers who, you know, with a dream got themselves over, you know, did the Madison Square Garden bet and it turned into All In, which turned into AW <laughs> and it the names in the on the on the marquee, isn't it? The elite, you know, it, it yeah, it, it's all elite wrestlers, you know, that, that story dies there, doesn't it? But I wonder if it's gonna be somewhere in the middle. I, I think for me, if 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 Ace Steel's losing his job, and he should, surely, you know, and he's lost that job because he was supposed to be an agent and he's supposed to break up fights yeah. and not get involved in them. Young Bucks are the same thing. Young Bucks and Kenny are, yeah. you know, supposed to have these options. Senior jobs. management. Yeah. yeah. And instead they're getting I think they're gonna get I think Jericho and Brian and Mox getting put in these positions while they've been gone means I think the solution's gonna be somewhere in the middle. They're probably they're gonna come back, Kenny and the Bucks. But I don't think they'll have those titles anymore. I think they'll yeah. just be 
Maybe they'll prefer that. Maybe they'll say to Tony, that's what we want. Going forward, we just want to be wrestlers because it's not like, you know, they've been these creative geniuses based on the things we can we can see from the TV anyway. I just wonder if they're going to fall into that same pattern where they, that they had with New Japan where they were feeling creatively stifled and unfulfilled and they, they hit a ceiling and they're not getting enough. When this is what this this is, they lost a lot from New Japan when they set up AEW, and there was like that cold that that cold chilly period where like the the two companies weren't talking, and you know New Japan was doing their thing and AEW started doing their thing, and it's one of those things where it's just like it's a lot of people bought in on the concept and the dream of AEW, and I I admittedly I was one of those girls I back in 2019. It's just I feel like they're ne- the longer this drags out, the more fans interest and support in the company will waver and they're going to start losing mm. fans the ones that have been there because people just want they want clarity they want closure they want to move on yeah i'm with you on that as well that's been the most frustrating thing for me the idea that like you know it's not like we can't all google it you know anyone who was wondering where you know the box omega and punk disappeared to they were a google search away oh what happened oh there was a press conference i'm sure everybody watching knows now but still, there's that disconnect between, you know, even just on TV, you know, what, were they suspended? Were they, is, is Punk injured? Like, where are they? You know, that's never been clarified. And yeah, the investigation side is, you know, they've been anything but forthcoming. Actually, it was only this week, in fact, I heard the, um, I'd read a million things about it and I'd seen a, li- a little bit of it, but I'd never actually heard like the bulk of the uh, the Tony Khan interview with Aaron Helwani. And it's just comedic. Like, he, he literally, the the amount of questions where he's just like, yeah, I can't talk about that. Yeah, I can't talk about that. He's even like, you know, Ariel's even like, you know, for the shit he gets, it's like, well, how do you, how did, how did Cody go into WWE make you feel? I'm not asking about how it came about or what happened, but seeing him turn up on WrestleMania, like, what emotion did that bring out? And Tony's like, can't talk about that. Yeah, I'm not going to talk about that. And it's just like, does that mean the thing then? Apparently, there's NDAs, but I think you, I think you can talk about, you know, your personal feelings if, if like if, if he's sad he left then just say bro i'm sad that's and yeah. leave it at that like just be like i wish him the best Even in all his future it, endeavors and just let it be at that like it's not that hard to just yeah, even like the Punk and Kenny stuff in the books, he was like, oh, so, you know, was this, uh, has this been a hard few weeks for you? And he's like, oh, yeah, I can't answer that. Like, you can answer whether it's been tough, because it's clearly been tough. You know, he's, if he's dealing with all this, and if rumours are true of Punk getting, you know, legal involved, and, you know, as has been, you know, clarified over the last while, like, that was one thing Wade Keller said, like, immediately after, you know, Punk was already wanting this. He was wanting this release. He was wanting to leave. It's the non-compete. That's the that's the hold-up. He wanted that from the start. I'm sure it's been a very hard couple of months for Tony Khan and, you know, to have to, to deal with all this. And he'll be as glad as anybody, won't he, to, to see the back of it. But, yeah. Mate, he sounds like Liz Truss. Sorry going into it in terms of the chaos here. <laughs> very get, getting big Liz Truss vibes about not wanting to answer particular questions. And we know so how that ends I, I just remember seeing a lettuce. That's all I know about all that. That there was a lettuce that like outlasted her. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, that's that's, what, that's the American not. take on it. Yeah, there was a, le- a head of lettuce that, or a cabbage yeah. or something. I don't know. There was, was uh, produce involved. I was confused. Whether that lettuce was lethal remain, we don't know. That's a joke I used last <laughs> week. And I still feel it's worthwhile. That's unbelievable. Sir, there we go. <laughs> yeah, you, you're very president. Why not? Did you see that news clip about today when he's calling him like Rashid Sunaki or something? It's like, oh yeah, no, laying his name, <laughs> you know, uh, no. just Joe's got that in him, hasn't he? Be better. He's tr- he's trying hard, but he needs to be better. Yeah, yeah, I know. 
Um, but enough about Rishi. Yeah, um, it's uh, yes. yeah. <laughs> it is. It's a it's a it's a sh- shit of a situation. But I think we can all say we're we're glad it's coming to an end. Even if, like I've said on here a couple of times, I you know I know it's the logical decision to sign with the Bucks and Kenny. The fanboy and me kind of wished that, <laughs> like with a lot of things, Tony went against lo- against logic and just backed CM Punk just to see what would happen. Uh, but I think we're past that point now. I think based on on Wade's report, based on what Dave's saying about it coming to an end, I think it's it's only coming to an end, JP, if this is the uh, the solution. Yeah, and I think it is It is coming to an end. I think it's going to be something close to where it is, where there's the kind of ceremonial part. It's, it, it, if I'm right in thinking the Bucks have got extended contracts, I don't think Omega has, but there's probably an option in his one as well, or whether or not, because I know he was signed his later than everybody else when they left New Japan, whether or not his hasn't got the option, whether or not he'd want that kind of power. I mean, I would imagine he wouldn't be going into WWE as the kind of absolute cast iron certainty kind of main event or if something did happen with him being released or whatnot. I mean Who Omega? Yeah, Omega Omega at this point. I mean they they could they could print money they could print money with him in WWE, especially it with AJ and Finn and all that going on. Oh yeah, and the new br- yeah. the, the new the new brothers, the the old brothers, the the what are they now? What are they called? The OC, good. What, the good yeah, brothers. The, oh, don't put them with that. The lost brothers. I don't know. <laughs> the lost boys is what they should go so with. They're, they're, like, they're holding my never them. open weight championship hostage. Higaleo deserves better. <laughs> What's going on with that as well? By the way, which something that New Japan don't do is something where you're going, I'm sure he's saying he's going to be up there, which makes you think that this is an angle because this would be the, the most un-New Japan thing to do is to kind of bullshit your public on I whether mean, a match is actually going to happen. I, I am, I'm hoping that with the lack of announced complete card for Rumble in, on 44th on Friday night, mm. there might be a last ditch. Hey, Carl Anderson's defending against blah, blah, blah. I, Tom think, Lawler, Tom I think that's what he's holding out for. I think he's all about that wrestling king. Trips wants to get in on that AW relationship and, you know, kind of just... But it's just one of those things where, like, have him wait till Wrestle Kingdom and watch WWE have a New Year's show or a Monday Night Raw. It's always a Thursday. (laughs) They'll they'll find some reason to send him back to Saudi Arabia or whatever and just, like, ruin all the things. Um, (laughs) How dare LIJ be used in such manner? We are not going to talk about that. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to ask you, Karen, it was on the on the canny points like we got some some uh not not like us but we got some grief the other week for uh for saying that we kind of thought uh, kenny oh no we we didn't say he'd be better well, that's a potential title by the way that losing or banablas they're conservatives <laughs> i think that, that is <laughs> struggle with that one that one he's they are yeah. ungovernable and can't govern <laughs> wow schrodinger's I mean... conservatives <laughs> that's another good title option um, are they in a box though that's the question but on Kenny like we, we were kind of saying we thought he's somebody maybe not best suited to American TV wrestling and it's something he would say himself so I don't know why we got so much grief over it but he just prefers you know the Japanese pace and style and way of mm-hmm. telling stories of wrestling. We weren't saying he hasn't had great matches on AWTV or great matches in general, but it, would you like? Is, is there something more about Kenny where he's maybe more comfortable, more himself, more his own skin, more you get more out of him in a Japanese environment as opposed to AW or even like I say, dare I say, WWE TV? Like AWTV has worked to an, to a big extent. But maybe not to the extent you know we we saw of, of him in New Japan, and I wonder whether WWE would 
would work for Kenny? Like, I think maybe, would he not be happier just going back, quote unquote, home? I, I think the thing with Kenny is that much like AEW and WWE, that it's all very commercial focused. You have to face the camera. You have to, you know, matches get cut into segments for time. They get like they get, you know, you have to you have to you know keep busy during commercial breaks. And for someone who has more stream of consciousness flow of wrestling like Kenny does, like which is more in the Japanese style, I mean with New Japan, yeah, they have cameras, but he, he never spent nearly enough time, like nearly that much time pandering to cameras. Like if he wanted to do a tope, he'd go do a tope. If he wanted to, you know, do a V trigger, he'd go do a V trigger. And it's one of those things where it's just like with TV and the matches for the most part, other than his like 30 minute match with Dan uh, Brian Danielson, it, 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 I feel like he doesn't, not that he doesn't do well with a time frame, but we're mu- much more aco- accommodated and used to longer Kenny Omega matches. You know what I'm saying? Like like 20 minute matches, 30 minute matches. That what was it? Hour draw with Okada. We want that. And I think he's I personally when I watch his matches that though he seems more comfortable in that style. Um if he were to leave AEW hypothetically, I could based on the last, you know, year or so of things that have happened in New Japan, I know they would gladly welcome him back. The problem is, is that in his absence, Jay White and Osprey have filled those voids of the top foreign heel. They basically took the person of Kenny Omega and split him in half. Jay's yeah. the bad part, the, the bad dude guy, and Osprey's the questionable. I'm supposed to be a bad boy, but I'm actually kind of really, really popular despite all of that sort of guy. And everything with Ibushi, we're just going to put over there. I feel like for both for Kenny, I would like to see him in DDT. Because that's where he got his start. That's where he made his name for himself. And I think that's where he could have the most flexibility and fun. And they would let him do whatever he wants. And that's the thing about Kenny in Japan. It's like, you know, we were, we've been, maybe more me than anyone else, been critical of maybe the way he approached some of his bigger feuds in AW. Everything was kind of with a wink and a nod and everything was very jokey from the entrance to remember him and Don Callis making the the coffin for John Moxley, all that stuff. I never really enjoyed him as somebody doing week-to-week TV to build the big matches. I think something about... In New Japan, it was like he had his big matches, and then yes, he'd do the six mans with a with a broom and you know wearing stupid gear and goofing round. But you could ignore all that. You didn't actually have to watch that. We'd all just parachute in for the big matches, and big match Kenny was the majority of what you saw. Yeah, and yeah, him slotting into just weekly American style TV is again as good as some of the matches have been. I don't know as a character whether that's really shown the best of him for me. If anything, it expose them a little bit even if you know i can still accept you know he's still in ring one of the best wrestlers in the world i think one of the other problems is and this is like of course this isn't his fault but he's had a lot of wear and tear on his body is that so so with the he needed the time to heal he needed the time to get better but also a lot of it is when he was at the height of his career in AEW before he went out on injury he was doing a lot of the heavy lifting like, and he was having a lot of, you know, he was always circulating near the top of the card, you know, even though he always wanted to be like the trios champ or whenever that belt was going to come around. But that's always been like kind of more like like in the middle of the card. And Kenny, I don't see Kenny Omega as a middle of the card guy. 
unless he were to start, you know, picking picking up young upstarts and doing what uh, Brian Danielson's been doing and what Mox has been doing with with the 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 the, the, the fresher faces in AEW slash Ring of Honor, I don't, I can't see him just like hovering and being fine with like a tag team championship or being fine with a trios championship, even though. I mean, maybe that's what he wants. He just wants to have like a little, like have a year, like so. have a you know a gap year where he just farts around and have a, has a good time. But I, if I'm gonna watch a Kenny Omega match, I I miss watching New Japan strong style Kenny Omega. I think that's his his comfort blanket. This like this six man title, which I'm sure you know when him and the books come back, that's what they'll slot right back into. JP, that's purely just that's almost Kenny. I don't think he does like like weekly American style TV, and I said, "Well, give me something I'll enjoy." Uh, me and my mates having six man matches like that's something I'll enjoy. It's not the he needs to be protected from himself. I think often creatively because I think that's what he, he will be drawn to doing. Where he's been, be- he was better off in like a New Japan. Where it was like, okay, yeah, you do that dumb stuff on your YouTube channel, but when it comes to the big shows, you're in this big match. You are big match Kenny Omega. You are the top guy. Whereas the AWS had the power to slot himself just that little notch below and maybe he's more comfortable maybe he's even happier in some ways than he would be with, with an alternative but i think that's that's on him as much as anything jp and you muted oh yes i am muted it's a little <laughs> bit on the top of my mic here not like a mute button i was just like what the hell have i done <laughs> i I, w- I would agree i mean i think at that point it's why is he an evp because it's not that, and you get the physical limitations of not being able to do those kind of absolutely like those kind of big classic Kenny Omega matches that, that we would think of from this New Japan run. It's just physically, it's not there. And I think there's a lot of us who can't, like, we don't want to accept necessarily that is the case because that's the version of Kenny Omega that we love. It's like the, the idea this guy has got this personality and can deliver some of the best matches on the planet, just like this perfect kind of mix of it. But then as an EVP, is his response, like, I think it's been the lack of those kind of big, unique feuds and of all the wrestlers who started up there. He is the one who is, who can have those feuds like against these, one of those rare people who never has had a run of any substance whatsoever, rather like the Bucks in WWE, like everyone else, like a Cody, you could go back to in there, but for, for Kenny, that was always the case. And it just never feels like we've really seen that. And there's a lot about him wanting to do, go and do the fun stuff in wrestling, which is, you know, kind of very much the, the Kota Ibushi attitude. And for both of them to end up in DDP, DDP, end up in DDT, there's a Freudian <laughs> slip. Um, but for them to end up in DDT would keep, kind of work out perfectly because, I mean, you mentioned about WWE trying to get on AEW's relationship with New Japan. AEW's relationships all around are quite a complex beast. And when you get into the weird interconnected nature of it, because obviously they've got a good relation with Cyberfight as an entity, particularly DDT, which obviously showed the Takeshita matches on there as well. Obviously, Tokyo Joshi Pro, they've had um, they've had uh, some of their roster obviously over as well. But it also feels like now that they're starting to be able to export some of the, um, uh, some of the women's division as well there. It's not really with Noah that they haven't done much stuff, other than it feels like the Sting Muta stuff is the kind of big connection there. Now, how this works with New Japan is a complete because you know what it's like. It gets so territorial that, like, you know, it, it's going to get to a point that are they going to just not want to deal with them anymore because that can happen? However, Forbidden Door made everyone a fuckload of money, so 
at the same time, like the kind of business sense kind of prevails in it, which brings us around then to the sort of original point about, you know, thinking about the Tokyo Dome card. I think there's an element where they would be saying, hang on a minute, we came over to the US, we did this Forbidden Door show. You can lend us a couple of your big names. There isn't the kind of delays that there would have been during the pandemic and the kind of staying in for like over a week. Surely we can have them for that one week of TV. And I think for AEW, it would be a, a the kind of thing you'd want to show, a very busy dome, and you've got your wrestlers wrestling on a really big stage with good production values. I don't think that's... I think that's something that makes you look kind of bigger. Of like, oh yeah, we're associated with these guys. We do work with them and look at our guys being a big deal in the dome. But, um, but yeah, it, Kenny's always going to be that mystery, isn't he? Uh, the sense he's, you know, a riddle a riddle wrapped up in an enigma. But I think there comes a point where if you're Tony Khan, you realise how many years you've got on the board with him and you think, these are the feuds we're going to make him do. He, he is the, if you ask me, like, you know, to move over to Punk, if you ask me what's Punk's, what's the big miss with Punk's AEW run? What haven't we got big match-wise? You know, because he, he did the MJF feud, you know, he did Moxley multiple times. You know, we got a lot out of Punk, you know, in such a, such a short space of time. Like, I would put my hand up and say, oh, I would love to see him and Brian, you know, do something under an AEW banner. Outside of that, though, it's Kenny, isn't it? Kenny's the other big match that we, especially based on, you know, this whole yeah. story. We're never getting out of Punk, are we? It's not, you know, I don't think we'll ever, unless, unless they do both end up in WWE one day, which would be a, a fun way to wrap up this story. You know, that's the uh, that's the one that's not happening. I think the sticking point I've always had about the box and Kenny in, in AEW is that they, they want it all. They want to be wrestlers and they want to be executive vice presidents. And the problem is, is that when you when you try to do two jobs at the same time, you're not going to you're not going to excel at both of them. Something's going to give or you're going to fail at both of them. And mm. it's one of those things where if they're like, you know, talking about you know bodies breaking down, stuff like that. I you know we talk about Tanahashi and, you know, his knees are on bother time. Naito, same thing. Kenny's another one where he's had multiple injuries and, you know, he needed a long time to recover from that. He start, needs to start thinking about how long he has left as a wrestler and what he wants to do beyond that with all the energy and money and time and effort that they've invested into AEW. Was this supposed to be their retirement plan? You know what I'm saying? Like, like once they, they step finally step back from the ring. I mean, my biggest hope for Kenny when he came back was finally the women's division is going to have some cohesiveness. The Joshi parts of it are going to actually be great again. And that hasn't happened yet. <laughs> But it's just, it's just one been of those better things. without him at points. Yeah. It's just one of those things where it's just like, I feel they, they need to decide what, what job they want because they can't, they, 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 they can't have it all. Tony can't have it all. Everybody can't have everything. And if they're not willing to work together to make it work and it's, they're not working together to make it work right nice. now. I wonder just even if even if Tony is sad with them over Punk, you know, there are going to be wounds they're going to be hard to heal. If they have less responsibility, how are they going to rec- react to that? If Tony puts his put, foot puts his foot down mm-hmm. like GP's been hoping for the last few weeks and just says, you know, this stupid trios thing, knock it on the head. Kenny, you're in the yeah. world title feud. Books, you wrestle an FTR. Fuck off. <laughs> you know, like Well, and, and, and that's the other problem with Wrestle Kingdom. If AEW wanted to be involved with it, one, you're going to push down uh, any talent from New Japan Strong that's mm-hmm. been helping keep the company going. And, but also you're going to limit what cards are, you know, which talent in Japan are able to participate in Wrestle Kingdom. But then you also run the risk of same thing with like the Carl Anderson thing. 
what if Tony changes his mind the last no. minute and decides, yeah, no, I want that. Like, you know, when he mentioned about Forbidden Door, why you know, keep keep like blocking them on Tanahashi versus Moxley. Yeah. When Moxley was signed with New Japan first, that's not his call. But they let him have that. And it's like, I don't want that to be the pattern where Tony always gets what he wants at New Japan's expense. And he's already called off the the kind of, it feels like the relationship with GCW has kind of come to a close as well. And I think that's more him possibly thinking, looking at the injury count and just thinking we can't take the risk. I mean, I think for AEW, you'd want one or two. Like, I think, for example, you can spare, given how they use Brian Danielson, they can certainly spare him for that week. And if there's a wrestler you want to be able to go in there and have a substantial match at the Dome, then he's definitely someone you want to be able to do that. Whether or not they want to do something like a, a return match against Zack Sabre Jr., like I think that would be a kind of fascinating thing for them to to do in the Dome as well, which I'm just hoping looks like a sensible lineup, as in no multi-mans outside of a Rambo, which we're all fine with, as terrible as it is. I, I, I enjoy a good Rambo. Well, I, 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 I make my pancakes, I put, on, I put on the kettle. It's a good time. Yeah. Benno does the Greg's run at that point, as we like to think of it. Get, getting, what do they getting have? Like, the, the, the hot meat pockets? Is that what you guys have at Greg's? Like, that's what, the, what everyone raves about? Kind Vegan of. sausage rolls. Sausage rolls. <laughs> the kind of a hot pocket. I can, I can see that. Pastry yeah. is, uh, is more likely. Greg was um, on my list to do earlier this month, oh, but that didn't happen. <laughs> I had heard Greg's such great Nando's. things. <laughs> Yes, that was the other one. <laughs> we're we're getting uh, we're getting a few like American uh, chains uh, coming over here. So yeah, I'm even, sorry. Even Canadians. <laughs> we got, I went to a Tim Hortons at the weekend. That's becoming uh, oh well. Tim Hortons is quite a, lovely. <laughs> As a half Canadian, I, I support that. There's a mm. there's a Popeyes opened in Oxford. Oh, there's one that open I do want to see next month. Like, oh, it's great. Congratulations, mash and gravy. And there's a Wendy's as well. Mm. But that yeah. but that's partly because there's like also a massive like US student population in in like the center of Oxford. So when, it's um, it's why it's why they're selling a pack of lucky charms for a fiver in Tesco's. <laughs> which which would be like I mean insane money, Karen. Like if you want to buy three Twinkies. That's like eight dollars a box. That's yeah. stupid. You imagine how many you know how much lucky charms I can get for eight dollars? They're buy one get free at the market. I could have like four boxes. <laughs> You'd make a killing if you open up. There is American candy shops here, quite often dealing in cash only, which I don't <laughs> want to accuse people of money laundering, but it oh, has yeah. that kind of vibe. To it's it totally well. a front for something. Come on now. All being, oh, all so being next time I'll come over when I come over to visit you guys next, I'll just like pack a suitcase full of like American snacks and cereals and be like, Christ, yeah. you got a guy. You'll be fine. Uh, but yeah, they, 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 I think they tried to investigate them, and they like the police turned up, and like we speak to the boss, and like, oh, we don't actually know who the boss is. <laughs> it's like it's like a horror movie, like the entity is the uh, is the building yeah. itself. But um, I was gonna say when I go to uh, to uh, to New York next month, uh, me and staff are taking WH for uh, for a nice Panda Express. WH, who, oh, <laughs> have a, have a lovely time. W, WH being like you know, a, a, I wouldn't say a food snob, but a man of fine taste when it comes to food. You know, I'm sure he's, he's out very- there discerning palette and very yes. lovely instagram full of food i think i think so are you are you heading over to the uh the, the big post five-year anniversary doohickey thing yeah. bob gonna be there have a great time sounds like everyone's there yeah um even, not yeah, me Boston, except for yourself i know i know we're missing you but uh yeah a lot of the uh the, the canadians are, uh, are making the trip as well davy Braden, john and uh, i'm wearing that but yeah we're gonna wait i'll send i'll send my love from osaka i'll be like hi guys <laughs> <laughs> oh get you go get like a video center or something like that yeah um, i'll, I'll work with john on that <laughs> on stage but yeah oh my go gosh back. 
<laughs> tell me you guys know what a Milano cookie is. Uh, no. no. Oh my gosh, I'll have to tell Martin Bushby when he's here in November and be like, you need to bring back some bags for everybody because oh. uh, Pepperidge I'll send you some photos. Is it Pepperidge Farm? Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah, the best before. farm. Uh, that name They, they, they are well. synonymous with cookies here in the United States, but the, the Milano, it's a a light cookie that's a little bit of chocolate sandwiching going on. It's quite oh, nice. That sounds good. It's lovely with a pot of tea or coffee. That sounds good. Okay. That sounds good well, to me. Eight out, of, eight, out of, eight out of five, I'd highly recommend it to a friend or neighbor, especially one I liked. <laughs> there you go. Probably recommend it more than the Panda Express, but poor, uh, poor W. Uh, I, I also would recommend some antacids for the Panda Express. <laughs> that bad. Oh, it's great. I love it. I mean, I don't know how Kojima eats it every time he comes here because there are times where I eat it and I'm just Does like, mm, mm. oh, yeah, that's his, his, that's his, his go to. Oh, is Panda I, Express. I'm trying to think. That and an artisan uh, bakery. Uh, yes. <laughs> Unfortunately, I, saw... I don't know if there's many artisanal bakeries in Jersey. There, there is one actually that's uh, in Montclair that a college friend of mine runs. That's quite popular. But give us the name. We'll go. We could be like. I, CMP, uh, oh my gosh, she changed the name of it. I'll have to stage. give it to you afterwards. <laughs> it used to be. It used to be Montclair uh, Bread Company, but then they changed it to something very fancy and hoity-toity, and I don't remember what it is. There was a time when uh, we were at one of the Rev Pro shows, and there was um, it was Oka, and I can't remember who else who else would have been over. Um, what one of the it might have, might have, might have been Yota Suji, and they were in um, oh what's that what's that shit like uh, Japanese food place we've got JP? It's like a chain. It's like pink. Oh, what's it called? They were all there, oh. and you could tell they were looking at the menu, going, "This is not proper Japanese food." But we'll eat it. Like yeah, the- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll take it. I think Panda is Express that a is probably safe green? for them. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah. I am gonna eat so much food when I go back to Japan next month. Like, you'll have the problem. I'm going. I'm, I'm actually going straight to the the place I became Karen Sensei first. I'm gonna go <laughs> see all my old friends, and we're going to all the old the, all the restaurants we used to eat at. Oh, I'm gonna eat my weight in food, and I'm not gonna be mad about it. <laughs> God, <laughs> your Japan's gonna be better than mine in America. I can say that. Oh God, I'm gonna have <laughs> proper sushi again. I'm gonna have real okonomiyaki. I'm gonna have ramen. Oh, ramen. <gasps> cheeky cheeky trip to Ribera when you're in Tokyo. Uh, see, the thing is, is that I... I very nice. That's all I've ever heard. I just, I can't eat that much steak. I mean, I don't get me wrong. I do love a good yakiniku, but like Ribera is just like a plate of meat. And so and it's a, it's not, it's not a cheap either. I mean, I mean, yes, oh, the so yen bad. is exceptionally weak right now, which is great for me. Yeah. But I just, I was looking at the Ribera menu and I'm like... <laughs> Do I really want to go here? Do I really want to do this? And I'm just like, oh, but I could probably go to Yano's bar again and have a fantastic time. If Yano's there, I'm well up for this. I'm assuming he's, 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 he, he's usually there. Like he is the owner and operator. Like I've, I've, who you see in the ring versus who, Yano, the owner of Ebrietas, is are two different people. Oh yeah, he's fascinating to watch. He he makes a point to go to every single table. He'll talk to you. Um, when I first went there with my friends, when I went to Tokyo Dome a couple of years ago, I had a little like little standee from like the New Japan Cafe, and it was him. And I put it on the table, and I was like trying to take a picture of, of like that with my beer. And he just walks over and picks it up off the table, and he he's like, "It's nice to meet you." And he just starts signing it in front of me, and I'm like, "What? What? What are you doing? <laughs> what, aren't you busy right now?" And he's like, "There's like three people here." I'm like, "Oh, okay." He's like, "Mind <laughs> if I sit down?" And I'm like, "Sure." Have a seat. Give me the scoops. Did he? Uh, did he tell? Yes. Uh, did he have much to say? 
he he was he was just happy to that you know like when, whenever dome times around like this was before his youtube channel which now every friday he live streams from the bar and if he's ever at a Korakuen show and he has an early match he goes straight back to the bar after like he the man like everyone jokes about him you know how many steps it takes to get from xyz venue to his bar in Suidobashi. but yeah. literally if his match is early enough on the card he will wrestle shower and go straight to work <laughs> and then he's working all night as well isn't it yeah like they they closed down at like 11 30 like right before the last trains of the night jesus but it's a cute it's a cute little place i if if you're able to get a reservation i i lucked out and i asked my japanese friends like you want to go and i'm like um is the pope catholic he goes yes yes please i do no but after some does the pope shit in the woods <laughs> Yeah, Doesn't everyone? <laughs> Everybody poops. Let's let's be honest. <laughs> Don't know why we have this. this is a <laughs> more random famous song by REM. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, every well, there's another outro possibility. Um... <laughs> I'm going to go in another song in a little bit. When we get started as well. well, before we get there, I'll rewind. I'll try and get us back on topic. <laughs> This is why we have you, Karen. Um, <laughs> we just get you in trouble. Um, just finally on the on the books, Kenny stuff. Any any thoughts on it on Punk at all, uh, Karen? Does it? I mean, I, I imagine when we officially know he's gone, we'll do the full post mortem. JP, we already talked a little bit about it on the weekend show. But <clears> your thoughts, Karen, on this? Uh, this being the end for Punk, will he go to the B? Will he go to? Will he turn up on SmackDown? <sighs> will will Papa Ray get think... his way? I don't know. It's one of those things because, like, you know, when he was released, the, everyone back then, like, that's when I first started watching WWE again. And, like, the whole thing about Triple H being the one who sent him his firing, his termination paperwork on his wedding day. If they've, if they've been able to bury the hatchet and move past that, sure. Like, if that makes him happy and he's getting paid and the personality situations can work together, fine. Um, could I see the Bucks going to uh, WWE? Sure. I mean, they don't have a tag division, but sure. But I, I, I don't see them Punk, going to like NXT. With I, I think I could see the Bucks ending up there. Kenny more likely, I think, ends up back in DDT, like you've said. Yeah, I th Punk, think he'd be happiest in DDT. Exactly, Punk. I don't know. Like, I, I think. My like my my thought through this entire story has been oh what a shame Punk's run ends like this oh what a great year we had but how sad is it is it that it's over and then as these news reports have come in the last week I've kind of gone you know what it might not be over like he might he is hypocritical enough to to you know to find a way to justify to himself to go mm -hmm. back to a Triple H led WWE it's not Vince in charge he did the backstage thing already you know he already made the baby step in that direction if you believe reports he was willing to to field offers from them around that time um as far as actually coming back to uh, to wrestle i think it's more likely than ever and it, it it wouldn't shock me if if punk's bitterness towards vince and wwe is lesser than is now bitterness towards, you know, that, you know, that fuck cowboy uh, Adam Page and the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega and, or, and maybe even Tony Khan, if he thinks Tony Khan's wronged him because he's, you know, allegedly sided with the with the Bucks and Kenny. I actually don't think it's that, that unlikely. There's a part of me, the, uh, I don't know, the, the person who likes to see a ship burn down, JP, that would, <laughs> would quite enjoy yeah. seeing it happen. I, I think it, also if they throw the right amount of, the right number at him, he loves money, which they he can do. Money. Yeah, because well, yeah, so Triple H's been Triple H's been bringing back a lot of people, and I'm, yeah. I can guarantee that you know some of them are getting 
probably more than when they were released. So mm-hmm. it's one of those things where I could very easily see, should they be able to bury that hatchet from like, what, eight years ago, nine years ago? It's yeah. a possibility, but it's one of those things. Will he be okay not being at the top of the card? Because as long as Roman's champion, well, then it's not. And that's uh, his opponent, though. But well, he needs opponents, but will he be willing to eat that loss to the uh, to the head of the table? Would he be a mania opponent? Yeah, which isn't is it, the it, thing isn't of the, like, isn't the next one ro- the Rock or whatever? It feels like it's going to be the Rock in Inglewood, and you'd say it, you'd argue whether or not Cody would be in that kind of better position or a this revamped Bray Wyatt. You I know, think it's going to be there are, you, But like uh, for those kind of um, opponents there for him, I, I think the thing with Punk is, is like you say, the WWE in terms of the money side of it is fine. It's and I will say the lack of money. Sorry. Like he fucking loves, like he pretends he's mm. all punk rock. But like when we, when we watched that DVD, but he's like every two minutes, he's like, yeah. And the network was coming in. And the, or sort of listen to the cabana shoot into. He's like, yeah, you know, the network was coming in and they weren't telling us how much we were getting paid. And you know, I, I don't really care about money, but I wanted to know how much we were getting. He talks about money a lot for somebody who doesn't care yeah. about money. Like <laughs> he will, the right dollar amount. I mean, that's why he came back to AEW in a lot of ways. Which is, no. <laughs> yeah, it, it's the kind of like that kind of faux moral. Like, there's that kind of element of I don't, I don't need it, and it's like well, you bloody well love collecting it, and you certainly like lending it to people who cannot betray you on pain of death. So <laughs> it, he's like, I, I could see him going back there. I also think as well, it's whether or not. I mean, I think there's probably like there's a realization of how many matches you're going to get out of him without him not getting injured. What kind of matches are you going to have? So yeah. you need that kind of almost that edge type deal if he came in. I, If he gets out of it, I mean, this is the thing that, that Dave Meltzer had effectively said. If they are talking about a buyout, then it's like a buyout to where? Like if it was New Japan, this wouldn't, or Japan in general, then this wouldn't be, this would be less of an issue with AEW. You could see them just going, All right, go over to there. They will effectively pay for you and, and then we'll, we'll stay still maintain that he's kind of under contract it's WWE and they're going to want, it's those, it's like the thing with Cody. It's the idea of bringing them back on a stage bigger than what AEW can provide because AEW can't provide a mania style stage. Whereas WWE can do that kind of providing that large scale, like kind of environment for someone like punk to come out on. Will he get, I don't know. I don't know if he could ever, you know, can he ever be happy? He's a, that's probably a lot more of a f- philosophical question to ask him than anything else. What makes him happy? I think there's a limited shelf life to him being there. I think Triple H would recognise it. Just go, it's fine. He can say whatever he wants about me. I don't care because he's going to come in and within the greater kind of wrestling war, it's the kind of move that looks like, look how we present him and look like how he seems like much more of a sustained rating draw. Even though that AEW run, it'll be one of these things that we'll go back to in a few years' time, and we'll just talk about what a great one-year run this was, and why don't most wrestlers come in and do it? Like, come in for a year, just go, I'm going to be here for a year, book me well, and you can make some money off me as well. So, I think he just... Yeah. Can he ever be happy to answer that question? I think the answer is no. I mean, this was... Uh... Taylor, if you could build a wrestling promotion for CM Punk, you know, indie led f- promoter who loves him, treating him like the main eventer he never was. Like he was mm. in, a, in WWE, he was always like, you know, 
you're saying there about the second days of Roman Reigns. He was 1B. You know, Cena was still the main event. His title runs were always the second to last match. He was always frustrated about that. Never got his WrestleMania main event. You know, he never got that. Whereas in AEW, you know, Tony Khan was willing to rip everything up. Tony Khan was, you know, it always sat wrong with me that Hangman Page is like this main character of the promotion, underdog babyface, got his title run. And who beat him for it? CM Punk, some outsider. You know, he'd been in the company six months and come from WWE stardom and just parachuted in and took his belt off him. Like, that always felt a little bit off, but Tony yeah. Khan was willing to do that. He was willing to put Punk in that position. And even when he got injured... When he came back again, what did he do? He put the belt back on him again, got injured again immediately. And as Connor says here, maybe the plodden, safe, shite WWE style might be best for Punk and, and his body in general. But he got treated like the megastar he's always wanted to be. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe you'd think, yeah, maybe Triple H WWE would treat him like that if he was, you know, an occasional Brock Lesnar type attraction or whatever. He wouldn't quite be Roman Reigns, but it could be, you know, a, 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 a person equivalent to that point of the cards. Maybe you'll see it that way. There, there was a time he was like doing comic books and writing comic books, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. I think yeah. that's where he was the happiest, honestly. Like, I don't know if there, there is a wrestling, wrestling company, modern day wrestling company today, that could give him that same kind of joy. Like mm-hmm. that sparked joy for him. He was happy doing that, but he, that also doesn't give the paycheck that professional wrestling does. I was going to say, I wouldn't think this is where he can earn the most money from, and that big money run. God, if you look at a Goldberg who came in in like his 50s and the big money he's made with the various kind of runs he's had, you can get that out of CM Punk if you're trying to get, I don't know, six matches out of him a year. The issue is, is he going to go along with it? He isn't the kind of person who'll eat shit and take the paycheck. That's the, the kind of problem. He'll take the paycheck, but he won't be happy about the eating shit part. And the idea of him being booked and effectively told, this is what we're doing like whether or not he'd be able to adhere to that. So I always think if there's those left field kind of somebody does a wacky show and decides to pay him a quarter of a million for an appearance or something mad like that, I'm saying Qatari pro wrestling go just bonkers or whatever, or some sort of like weird thriller based thing can say, yeah, yeah, come on, we'll, we'll have you on board here because we've got this big show. There's that kind of value. Do you have him commentating and the like, but yeah. As long as it's, I think the only time he's happy is when he's just wandering around anonymously around Chicago. I think that's probably the when he's at his happiest. I don't think he's happy being unhappy, and he's just doing yeah. He likes to fight against Happy Punk at AEW. Never felt nothing. Like Richard Wilson from One Foot in the Grave, which I don't know if you've ever seen. Karen, <laughs> I can't say that I have. What, it was an impression, JP. Or? <laughs> I don't believe it. Um, as he would do that, I, it was funny. <laughs> Always funny. So, you know, the time he picked up a pu- the time he picked up a puppy instead of the telephone when it was going. Oh. It was it was a very good. It, there were some surprisingly good storylines, including one that involves a series of rogue crabs that absolutely destroys neighbors' testicles. Um, like you do. Like- they don't show any of this, obviously, <laughs> on BBC One. But like, yeah, it was a again a, um- another possible theme tune you could throw out by Eric Idle. Sorry, JP. Best than catchphrase or crime watch? I'm just wondering. I'm just I, nothing's better than crime watch. Catchphrase is a is a multifaceted did you, piece. Crime did you hear us talk to suit about them last week, Karen? Catchphrase. I haven't. Uh, again, I'm I'm I am behind. I, I love listening to you guys while I'm plowing plowing through stuff at work. But today it was like house on fire. Everything was falling oh, yeah. apart. And I'm just like, it's eight o'clock in the morning. What is going on? Like just. We're just doing yeah. a we're doing a survey now. What do Americans know about crime watch or catchphrase? You know, I I know zero about either. 
<laughs> I mean, my mom, my mom, my mom does love the Acorn Britbox channel on Amazon Prime. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, but she she's she she's going through a David Tennant phase right now because he did a lot of like crime oh. dramas. So oh, he's done loads. Yeah. So now she finally understands my love for him and Doctor Who when and why I was like ugly crying about seven years ago when it, you know he regenerated, but. Yeah, he appeared very briefly on Sunday because I was. I I heard, and now I feel like I have to watch all of the the two doctors. Like I I haven't watched since Matt Smith regenerated into twelve. Yeah, I I haven't got round to seeing these. Yeah, um, no, yeah. I I, I, I went through it with Tennant. I went through it with Matt Smith, and I was like, I can't I can't do this emotional this emotional damage every couple of years with you guys. But now everyone's just like. Your doctor's back, and I'm like, oh no. <laughs> oh, but there is Broadchurch on there as well. There's something on BBC. I did, I did like Broadchurch. That was a show, though, wasn't it? Where, like, they didn't need another season. Like, you've, you've done your mystery now. That's like, the problem. How many murders can happen yeah. in one time? It's like Midsummer Murders we used to have, JP, where it'd be like, like at what every week point does you like your your government <laughs> level uh, like in- investigation <laughs> yeah. like come to this Ooh. this town, this tiny sleepy town? Well, it's like before recording when Angela Lansbury died. Like <sighs> who? Like in many ways. But Jessica Fletcher was just like wherever she visited, people died. Yeah. I'm sure is it Cabot Cove that she lived. I could not. I haven't watched Murder She Wrote in decades, but I used I'm, to love watching it. But it's like I mean, it always makes me wonder now: was she a serial killer and just like pinning it on well, other people? Because it was just very conveniently she always happens to be there. It's the same thing with Poirot. Yeah. Like, he would always show up during a very big clandestine murder, and I'm like, you know, you you put these pieces together way too easily. Well, that's the thing. I mean, like, wherever the Cabot Cove, Christ, it's like, you know, Detroit in what I imagine the mid 80s or something. The Detroit out of Robocop before OCP have got in it. That kind of a bloody place where she's in, because people are getting slaughtered. So, what's catchphrase about, real quick? Just uh, because I I want to know what this is. It's a game show. How do you do it? It's a game (laughs) show where like there's two people they answer a question and they press the button and then there's nine squares and it gets revealed and there's a man called Mr. Chips who's like the kind of figure it's, it's a robot in there there's been various moments where it's looked like he's doing something rude at like half past six he used oh to be my. Like my man called Roy Walker who was uh who was uh, uh, like a, a a Northern Irish host? Then got replaced by Stephen Mulhern. He seems a bit too lively, and there's a lot of euphemisms in there. I'm going oh from lord! Our old colleague, uh, yeah, he seems like he gets likes to get pumped up before he goes out on stage. Ah, I but, see. Uh, um, yeah, it's it's great. It's no bullseye, which um, I know Simon mentions in the in in the in the chat there. Um, he talks about one foot in the grave as proto curb your enthusiasm, which <laughs> is kind of true. It really is. It is just like he, the weird British Larry David without any of the celebrity stuff. Um, but Bullseye is a fast, a darts based game show. And I was reading about it. Someone called the Bullseye Killer, a horrific man called John Cooper, who appeared as the darts player in an episode. Turned out he was a serial killer. <laughs> Don't ask me how I ended up down that this was the crossover you wanted, Wikipedia. JP. Bullseye. Who's booking this nonsense? (laughs) Wait, the Pembrokeshire Killer has got a three bloody part. There's a three parter on um on it'd be on BritBox, but it's been on ITV as well. And I'm thinking I'm gonna have to watch this, but I'll be watching for one moment where they have to recreate an episode of Bullseye, which I'm completely. I'd love that. We're gonna do this anytime we have an American. Yes, but, but explain explain to the American. 
Uh, but yeah, top five TV shows of all time. It was uh, we did it on the Patreon. Oh yeah, carried up. Uh, <laughs> you'll you'll hear from uh, from last week as talk on it. But should we get back to? We suppose we should get back to some wrestling stuff. Yeah, um, I guess so. We, we were about to transition to Japan. I was going to say actually one thing mm-hmm. I uh, neglected to mention when I looked at the uh, the top ten matches uh, that Grapple had. Garrett did have some uh, some sleeper matches he uh, he threw yes. in there. Thought you might be yeah. uh, placed to uh, to give us some takes on it. Uh, on Karen, what you make of a uh, couple of matches there from the Five Star Grand Prix, making it into the uh, the sleepers. These were matches with uh, with less than thirty ratings on the app, but were high rated okay. regardless. Uh, Julia and uh, and Kamatani got four point oh nine average. Suri uh, versus Tam Nakano did uh, four point one four average. There's a uh, an all Japan match in there, a DDT match in there. Uh, Kano versus uh, Suzuki from the M1 victory in there. As that well. was a really good match. Yeah, Miyahara yeah, uh, uh, versus Nomura. I've heard a lot um, of good things about that one. Higuchi and Endo. That was another one. Of Shuri's matches, I wouldn't say the the Tam match was my favorite of hers. Mm. I feel like she's had other matches that I liked better. Mm. And for Julia, did everyone not watch her match with Suzu Suzuki? That's the match that should have well above a 4.9. That's one that's... I, I know that's one of the ones that's definitely around four, but I mean, I even thought the match that, with, I guess that one uh, had more emotional levity to it, and I don't know if everyone knew all the ins and outs yeah. about their backstory and this is the, 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 the reason prominence came to I did see this stardom was because of Julia and the, the 15 minute draw where they're just beating the shit out yeah. of each other. And they're kind of like crying at the end as well, because it's the whole, she left ice ribbon and the rest yep. of it. Yeah. I would, she I would she go and Suzu were roommates at the ice ribbon dojo. Ah. So when Julia just up and left, she'd left with very little uh, ceremony and really didn't tell anyone she was leaving. So Suzu at the time was I think seventeen or eighteen, like like she's only like nineteen years or she just turned twenty, like she was very very young when Julia left. So it was like kind of like abandonment issues with her. So oh, okay. and like and the, that match was just really really good. Uh, I can't say anything about the NXT UK match because I stopped oh, yeah. watching. That, that that's my other. You weren't alone. NXT UK is my my other toxic <laughs> ex like that hangs out. Like they hang out. They they hang out with the other one. Like NXT two Like all of them. They just like hang out and talk about what a horrible woman I am because I I just won't ever call them back. We'll sadly be talking a little bit about that. That's, that's all right. We'll make it quick. Yeah. Don't worry. But I just thought, yeah, I'd be interested to uh, to get your thoughts on mm. that as like a an intro to to talking some Japan and yeah, we're we're we're, uh, we're set up, Karen. Um, the uh, historic crossover show is uh is upcoming uh we have our uh we have our final with the iwgp uh women's title tournament mario iwatani versus kairi um has been set up to be the the first all there i mean we're all all big jazzy gabbert fans on the podcast so we're all devastated there uh, about that but is this where you saw it coming what did you you make it you unveiled the belt as well didn't they uh this weekend as they well? did i actually yeah rossi unveiled it on saturday before the um the matches that uh the the first round match so before Mayu Momo and then Utami and Himeka it was re- it was like that show opened with the unveiling of the belt cuz it was in Korakuen Hall and it was the belt looks great i was i was i was getting concerned because they had the the picture of the of the plates but they didn't have a strap on it at any point in time up until the reveal um but it looks it, it looks really, really good, and I did like that they kept the the stardom iconography with the stars on the side of the, as the side plates. 
My only caveat about this IWGP, it's supposed to be the was it International Wrestling Grand Prix International. Yeah. But if you look at the pictures on the plates, it's Japan, the continent of Asia with Japan, and Australia with Japan. There's no North America. <laughs> there's no South America. There's no Europe. Like That's my only fight, beef like with that belt is that it's it's supposed to be a world title, but it only focuses on one sliver, one quarter of the the globe itself. Wrestling promotions and geography don't do well. It's the oh, it's, it's the old Atlantic again. Yeah, no. Okay. <laughs> Someone needs to show Tony Khan the map where the Atlantic Ocean is. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. I mean, I, I would, yeah. I mean, in terms of the belt, it reminds me of one of the old uh, sort of IWGP title designs. Yes, kind of had, I believe it was inspired similarity. by the version two belt. Yes, because I can, I can remember Chono having that at some point, who we'll probably end up talking about in a minute. I weirdly. think Shinya Hashimoto was another name, and yeah. Yuji Nagata, I believe, was another one. Which I, which I kind of like that tie-in because Yuji Nagata also coaches part-time at the Stardom Dojo. Like he's been working with stars. Oh really? Oh yeah, a lot, a lot, a lot of the uh, the uh, New Japan dads have cycled through the Stardom Dojo. Milano Collection AT sometimes, Kojima sometimes, Liger. I mean, it's it, it like every time they do it, it's not like every single week or every single month, but like every every time they do have one of those, they make a, this big to do. They have like a press release, but yeah. See, I, I, I like it, but again, I need them to show a picture of it, like with the strap. If you can just like kind of like just mm. trace one out, but <laughs> the matches I saw the first round matches, Kimeka mm. versus Utami. Give me, give me so much more of that. The fifteen minute time limit did come into play, which I did like. Oh no, wait, this one didn't have a fifteen time minute time. Limit. It was no time limit. There's no time limit. Um, but when. As, like when they kept that, they intentionally kept that last international slot blank. My gut was like, "All right, it's going to be Kyrie." And then the moment they announced Kyrie, I'm like, "It's they can't have anybody but Kyrie versus Mayu yeah. at historic crossover." Because part of it was half of the names that were in that tournament on the Stardom bracket were already announced for other matches at historic crossover. So it was like, "All right, well, Momo's in a ma- in an eight person match with Starlight Kid, Desperado, Doki." Kanemaru, Taichi, Tam, and Natsupoi. She's not going to do two matches in the same night. Starlight Kid, same thing. She's in that match. And then it was like, Himeka. I liked that they didn't put Julia in it because Julia has the Zack Sabre Julia match mm. against Shuri and Tom Lawler. I can't wait for that match. Um, and the same thing with Micah. Micah's tagging with uh, Goto against Tanahashi and Utami. So it's it's one of those things like half of the participants, when the, the moment they announced it, the first three matches and Mayu was no longer tagging with Tanahashi. I was like, all right, well it's it. Mayu is at least going to the finals because what there's nothing left for her to do. She's, she's held every championship minus the future of stardom championship in stardom. She's a multiple time champion. She's been on, you know, she was in Madison square garden for ring of honor where she did, you know, she lost the belts back to Kelly Klein. If there's anyone, if you're going to send someone abroad, and she's been on Lucha Underground, so if there's, if you're going to send someone from the current Stardom roster, one, I believe the first, the inaugural champion should be someone who is a full time contract Stardom talent. So, mm-hmm. Kyrie, I love you, but it needs to be Mayu because Kyrie has a bigger role el- as as a returning talent to elevate other talent. That's what I've liked about what she's been doing so far. They've already got yeah, I, like teasing stuff with mm. Sasha Banks, haven't they? Like, Sasha, well, at least 
Probably just Sasha Banks going rogue. Um, it, it, well, I mean, uh, Sasha flew to Spain or to Barcelona over the weekend to take pictures with Miyu Yamashita at the RCW Spain show because there was a women's Grand Prix over there. Like you do. Because, I mean, my, my boss move is like, I'm going, I'm going to the bodega and buying a sandwich. She just flies to Spain for the weekend because she can. Carrie's yeah. already p- promoted like a uh, she put like a, a mocked up photo didn't she on a Twitter or saw that of her and Sasha Banks got people thinking that could be a Wrestle Kingdom match. I mean, that's a fan edit. Go. Somebody air, air airbrushed oh, yeah. out Alpha Female, but left <laughs> that's what they did. <laughs> the Alpha Female in Katsukana next to it. So it was like that's not Alpha Female, guys. If you're gonna if you're gonna if you're gonna do a fan edit, you gotta edit the length the name out too. Yeah, that would yeah. help. Yeah. Be better. <laughs> the, uh, the, the I, I'm in agreement. Punks, it's catching. Oh, okay. I mean, because I didn't see those two first round matches. I saw the two, the, um, uh, it was like the two sort of block finals. So I yeah. saw Kyrie versus Jazzy Gabbert, which is, Jazzy Gabbert's not great, but in terms of wanting a monster foreign heel, like, I think she perfectly fits that role. She also yeah. comes out to, and you remember this from The Matrix, Club to Death by Rob Dugan, um, which is a cracking thing. Oh, we're just chucking them out there. There was no way we were going. It was the first thing in my notes that I wrote. I was like, oh, that's that's cool. Like, I'm down with that. One of the listeners are keeping track. We've got about 10 possible teams for this show. Could be loads on on this one on here. But it was, and it would work. And and there was a a nice part where I had Jazzy Gabbert kind of, I, I didn't see the match against Ava White. I didn't hear necessarily great things. They showed some like clips of it, obviously, in the build up to this, because it was like the Goddesses of Tag League, isn't it? So you yeah, have, it's, the, it's the opening day of Goddesses Tag League. So the way the way you had, I think you t- is this the show you started on, but you hadn't got round to finishing. Is that right? It, yeah, I was I was I was midway through Jazzy Gabbert versus Kyrie when the you know, the three the three day stream just bloop said bye bye. Um, if mm. what I was going to say to go back to Sasha, mm. if she is a free agent, hypothetically, I, I could see her being. The for that that dome challenger. She'd love there. that. The world would love that. Yeah, as a properly well, if you're New Japan World and you're thinking, how do we boost buys? My God, whatever Jericho money you paid out, pay out there. You may have to pay out more, frankly. But there is that element of Sasha loves Japan so much yeah. that I think she would. She, I don't think she would like highball them. Just so she could go, because yeah. I mean, there was that time where she flew. You know, she flew to uh, go to Mako Satomura's uh, dojo, mm. Sendai Girls, up in uh, North Japan. The funny thing was that she was on my flight for that. Oh wow! And you wouldn't have seen that old Mercedes sat on the same. <laughs> I, I, I saw. Well, she had. I think she had her blue hair at the time. So I was like, you, you, everybody knew she who tell. she was. But it was like the, I saw her, and I'm like, oh, okay, you do you. And then it was like, she started, like the the Sendai Girls photo started. I'm like, but you know what? I I wouldn't want to see Sasha Banks locked into any one place just yet because I would mm. love to see her show up at Sendai Girls. Love to see it. And it's the it's the my only concern is that if she were to say do a t- Tokyo Joshi Pro show, then it's the oh Sasha Banks is going to AEW and it's like AEW right now as a WWE fan just feels like more of the same. Mm. I want I want I want Sasha to do the Minoru Suzuki thing where she, if she's going to still wrestle, she wrestles everywhere she wants doing whatever she wants doesn't care if she wins or loses she just goes and wrestles all the people and do all the things that she couldn't do when she was in WWE and it's also wrestling against the best roster of women's wrestlers in the world 
Absolutely. Like, which are booked in a way which is generally very, very good. And I agree with you about the booking for this show as well. The, you know, the idea of Kyrie winning is, you know, there's good arguments for both, which yeah. I always think that's the success to it. Mayu being the kind of legacy candidate and yeah. her match against Tatami Hayashishita was great. Oh, yeah. Otherwise, like absolutely great. That last like kind of, well, it felt like the last sort of almost 15 minutes were kind of a sprint, but they really went at it. Um, but it was the right choice to go with because like I said, I think it might have been in the pre-show. I mentioned about the Ariaka Arena. It's like 15,000. Yeah, so it, not... it, it was built for the Olympics That's right. With no f- fans in there. But apparently yeah. they have had uh, what has been channeled, Billie Eilish, for Happier Than Ever The World Tour. There was a perfume concert. Which oh, perfume! That's they're still, right. They're still around? Wow. I, I'd i never heard of them before. They're I a three-girl idol group opinion. that were at the height of their popularity back in 2003 when I was living there. So the fact that they're still going on, either they've swapped out girls or they're robots by this point. Because <laughs> no, it's been nearly 20 years. That. Robots as possible. No. They've, I'd, it might be a different one. You don't know with this, but I mean, very much Japanese Spice Girls. So they've yeah. done it. So I think it'd be interesting to see what this does in terms of the numbers for it. But it's the best match you could go with. There's a good argument. I mean, I think it'll be Mayu Watani yeah. because it kind of makes sense. Like it's it's the thing about the legacy champion. Yeah. And I don't, and I think for them putting onto Mayu Watani, particularly if there, if talk is to be believed that there is a story on her, on her life as a film. Yes, they're, they're, they the are moment. producing a film that's due out next year. What Which, better way to close the film out with her and what, making more history? And I always think of the thing, I go back to the like the stardom documentary and Mayu Watani and how she was presented and her story and mentioning about something that happened in her hometown, which was clearly terrible, but never kind of really alluding to what it is, which then made me think about the tone of this piece. Is it going to look at it? Because it seems like it's it may not be if they're going to do it, is it a highly formative event in her life for it as well? But like I say, if you, if you've got the dream scenario and it would do a, such a boost for wrestle kingdom as well, if you had Mayu Watani winning this and then, def- and then defending that title against Sasha Banks yeah. at the dome, that's a legit big match that could do it. And as well, and you would see someone like Sasha Banks as well, just thinking, yeah, this is, where you want to be and obviously she'd worked like a few shots over there it would be a very short run thing because I think at that point but she gets to scratch that itch they don't need AW then like Sasha Banks no, they don't. attention from the West doesn't he what you've got here she's a bigger draw else, honestly because yeah. everyone, yeah. everyone's everyone's on Sasha watch right now everyone's waiting to see what she does mm. next and it's a more interesting place to go yeah. Than AEW's women's division is to go to start. Or back to WWE, it's, which is another thing people are expecting. Chris yeah. mentions in the chat, you know, it is five weeks out from Survivor Series. Sasha does have a history yeah. of doing this, teasing, doing something exciting, and then going back to going back home. But, uh, but I mean, again, like if they're going to pay her what she's worth and and she's happy yeah. with that, that's fine. The mm. other thing that I uh, that I could think of for a first defense, if it's not going to be Sasha, mm. uh. The main event for Dream Quindom right now is slated to be Shuri versus Julia. Mm. Should Julia finally get the red belt, which I think mm. she's going to. Yeah. Shuri versus Mayu in the dome would be a great yeah. match. Um, but yeah, it's it's one of those things where it's just like I I could see Kyrie being an IWGP women's champion in the future. They just need a a full-time legacy person to be mm. that first champion. Yeah, it's 
it's not the kind of thing where, you know, you might think of it, I always think like, what would an American promoter do? What would a British promoter do? They'd look at the social media following and they go, well, you go with Kyrie, there's the more reach and other stuff like that. But it's not how this stuff kind of works, particularly not in Japan, because they look at legacy champions. It means a lot. Who is that first champion? It's a big, it's a a big fucking deal. And the thing is, is that, also, because Kyrie, even though she she's been working exclusively with Stardom since, since her return, she is not contracted to Stardom. She's a freelancer. Mm-hmm. Everyone keeps saying, "Oh, well, she's working working for Stardom now. She's full time with Stardom. She's not full time. She she runs a gym, like she she works out. She she does personal training. Like she she has more of a life beyond wrestling right now." Could easily end up, you know, at some stage if she went back to W. I mean, it's not beyond the realms of possibility, particularly in the new Triple H era. I, th- I think they would need to uh, ensure her safety because I think that part of her leaving J- J- uh, New Japan, yeah, leaving a or oh my gosh, WWE, <laughs> figure out where she's right, at right now. Thing. This is how traumatized I am by the whole situation. Um, <laughs> is that she? Uh, she kept getting hurt. And I still think back to where she got her face bashed open mm. on the stairs and like her having a scar from that, those stairs. So it's just like, yeah. I don't want I don't want to see her do that anymore, especially with like concussions being a thing. I, I, I like where she's at right now where she can fight in a controlled environment and also use her legacy in stardom to start mm. elevating. And because that, that's the one thing stardom's been good about. They're good about focusing and elevating new contenders. They're not relying on the same four people to do all the things. They're, they're, they 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 have slow burns for a lot of people going at the same time. Have you been watching much Stardom at the minute, JP? Anything you want to uh, to throw in? So, um, I, I mean, I would just say about those two matches, um, I would definitely recommend going to watch the um, Mayu Itani, Itami Hai, Shishita. Um, in terms of Goddesses of Tag League, it'll probably be one of, those where again you'd be following along on the app seeing what comes up rating wise trying to uh, to pick and choose see what's there and then maybe see some of the stuff in december as well but then we're going to be building up to like the the big shows of the year aren't we then at that point we've got is it i, I want to say dream princess but it's dream it's, queendom dream, dream queendom, queendom, queendom is on the 29th uh next yeah. week on thursday is hiroshima goddess festival then there's um the the like the ta- the goddess tag league overlaps with super junior tag league and world tag league all at the same time. So that's a lot of tag. It's a, it's lot, a lot of tag wrestling. So much, it's so much tag wrestling, and it's one of those things where the 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 one thing Stardom needs to get to is having live streaming for all of their events mm. without the i pa- the i pay per view format. I don't know when that'll happen or if that'll ever happen. They need to take the new Japan model at some point where because the problem is that even with the tape delays. It, it just mounts up and mounts up and mounts up and like it's hard to keep up. Like I'm already have prepared pre- to, to make sure they were out before the New Japan show on Sunday. Is that what they did? Yeah, kind of probably. Yeah, the schedule. Yeah, both that. I, they need to really. You need to get a bushi fight. Yeah, like they, they, they need the they need they need to do a, a Wrestle Universe version of yeah. Bushi World or whatever. That's yeah. the thing that makes the most sense. I think it's only until they can get out of whatever broadcast contract stardom is tied to because they're, they're not their broadcast contract is with Nippon television, which is different from TV Asahi, the rival company. So they can't have the same broadcasting platform because they're separate. Yeah. And all the footage ends up owned by them and all yeah, the rest and of it, it gets, yeah. it gets messy. That's why we still haven't ever seen that first Tokyo dome dark match. Yeah. Because it's uh, they should they, personally. I w- I want them to release it 
for historic crossover because you know it's part of the the history the historic journey to Ariaki yeah. Arena. But that's just me. Well, as Connor says, yeah, hopefully the crossover show will be some kind of like yeah trailer yeah. how to do it. But, but that's going to be a pay per view format. You can't. It's not going to. Oh, it's yeah. going to be streamed live, but you have to. You have to buy. It's going to be separately ticketed. Oh yeah. Yeah, if you read the ever. historic cross column at New Japan, yes, <laughs> there's a plug. You might there is there there is, there is a there is some information. They haven't linked the uh, the the banner for it, but there is a great column about all about Stardom. Oh, it's a it's a banner week for plugs. I think when Karen, <laughs> I, I, I I've had a very busy week. It's... Between you and suit suit doing stuff for the Wrestling Observer, as well, I was like, oh my god, doing stuff doing and... stuff for, for for New Japan, which is uh, that's why we claim you. Yeah, and exactly. there's also we'll Pro Wrestling Illustrated's Women's 150 is coming out oh, regularly yeah. really soon. Don't at me. <laughs> <laughs> Why I did work on it. Awesome. Don't at me. You leave me alone. <laughs> Don't blow up my notifications unless you're going to the store and buying a copy and taking a picture with it. Yeah, I just delete Twitter. That's all I have to say. <laughs> I'd love oh, that P- PWI 500 debate is always one where you do have your head in the hands by the end of it. But this is going to be, yeah. I mean, PWE doing these different types of lists. I've seen them do, obviously do this as well about um, uh, in terms of in terms of black wrestlers and yeah. you know yeah. having like it's it's an important you know serves a purpose for it. What yeah. I say on the PW five thing, you don't have to get so wound up if you don't yeah. win it. Like really, it, don't. It's not worth. It's it's a subjective list. Yes, there are yeah. stats involved, but at the end of the day, it it's it's the they're just trying to include as many people as possible. Yeah. And for me, it's like, you know, this is my first year doing the women's one, 150. Uh, they asked me to be on the 500 committee. And I was like, that's during the biggest time of the year for my shoot job. Where I'm just like, no, I have to be like in a gutter or in the hospital to take time off work. So just don't know. But yes, uh, I, I, I want more people to watch women's wrestling. So if you do come across a copy, please support women's wrestling. Well, maybe before maybe we talk a little bit more about New Japan, is there anything else from Dream Slam uh, Weekly this week you wanted to mention that you uh, you talked about there, Karen? The Dream Slam Weekly will be delayed. It'll come out on Sunday because I'm going to Rumble on 44th Street and doing the review for post for that. Hmm. Um, but there will be a spe- there's a special interview I am translating for it, so stay tuned on Sunday. Get in. Good work. <laughs> well, and this is a person who is... I haven't picked a match rec yet, but the interview is someone who has never done international media. Okay. And it is a relatively popular name. Okay. You're just going to let dangle that little bit out there. I'll tell you guys off who it is. Good. <laughs> That's the way. The money's in the tees, Karen. Of course. It really is, isn't it? You build to it. I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying to learn how to put myself over. I'm very, <laughs> I'm very, I'm very bad about it. I, I, I try to be like, hey, I'm doing all these things, but I'm just like, Hi guys, I'm kind of doing these things, and if you could, you know, take a few minutes to support me, that'd be great. You've got to the point now where you've got to put a disclosure at the, the top of your articles. That's where you are now. Uh, that's only because of people wondering if I am being biased towards New Japan and Stardom, and uh, we're making sure that we're covering our bases. I'm still giving fair reviews to everyone, mm-hmm. but yes, I'm trying to be as transparent as possible. Hey, do, doing a banner job. Trying, John and Way are uh, helping helping me navigate all of it, and I'm very thankful for them. 
Well, with that in mind, we've uh, talked positive. Uh, uh, can we bury New Japan while you're here, Karen? Are we all, uh, I think. Um, I mean, sure you're welcome to European. I know that this is a what was, what, what was the phrase I've heard before? It's it's an app for miserable people. Yes. So. Graffiti. <laughs> 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 yeah. I heard that. <laughs> no, it, it's it, it's fine. Well, I can objectively talk about New Japan. <laughs> I don't work there. I don't work at Stardom. Please stop asking me when when the pay per view information for Historic Crossover is coming. I don't know because. I will be there. Jesus. <laughs> I will oh, be there. Uh, well, as a miserable grapple-minded type, JP, did you watch any more of the, uh, the New Japan from there? And we, I've got to be honest, I couldn't motivate myself. Mate, on those I couldn't. Because I looked at right. the, I mean, I know what the Battle Autumn card is, but these are very, yeah. well, it's undercard tags. The only match I had highlighted, I don't even know the result, was the Never Trios tag was the most substantive like you felt like some of the more substantive stuff because even the TV tournament, I'm kind of, I'm still even, I'm kind of confused because partly, and we, we said this last week, it's the idea of it not feeling like it's really being aimed at, at the younger wrestlers who could do with the kind of time for it, that we've got a lot of the same people that we would expect to see, like frankly, a lot of veterans who really shouldn't be like Tomo Ishii should not be in a tournament like this. I love Tomo Ishii. I'll be pumped when he comes over to Rev Pro again in December. I'll think, oh, that'll be a good show to go to. However, does he need to be in this TV title tournament? No, absolutely not at all. So that's like kind of my problem is, is wait and see what those last few are. I mean, you know, someone like a Ren Narita hasn't, I don't, I think they're out of it now, which is like, it's that kind of stuff. I think there's your chance to go with someone new, fresh and young who seems to have a bit of momentum. Whereas Ren Narita did not seem like the one who'd ever have any kind of momentum to me. But the, frankly, the Shibata Jr. gimmick is something that works. Like, I'm, I'm not going to argue about it. I think it's been, he's found something there. And I think it's yeah. it's kind of quietly catching because it's credible. Like, it's the most credible way of presenting it. He is his trainees. Therefore, he is kind of going to ape what his trainer has done. It makes complete sense. Um, but in terms of the other stuff, no, I haven't seen it, sadly. So, I'm I am assuming House of Torture have regained their um never open weight six man ta- tag belts, sadly, on that. What happens with um because Hik- it was against Hikaleo, Tanner and uh Reisky Taguchi. What happens with Hikaleo again? It's gonna be interesting. I think is it November fifth is the Battle Autumn card. And we'll probably see I think FTR appearing on that show as well. So I think you'll see stuff about tag league. It'll be a lot more interesting to see who they managed to get in. Yeah, World Tag League. Yeah. <laughs> Use the word interesting, though. <laughs> I mean... Did I? Well, well, interesting. In theory, there are these great tag teams that you can see being used and you think it's great. But then sometimes Warrior Wrestling cards look absolutely tremendous That's and they true. don't end up happening because you've got a kind of unique mixture of them. In theory, if it was like a big Aussie Open push on there... There is, quietly, there's some tag team depth depth where it has been slim pickings for a hell of a long time. But it feels like there's actually a few more tag teams around the place. So I know Tom Lawler is, you know, I'm hoping the West Coast Wrecking Crew get a shout on there. Like I'll be, re- I'll be genuinely made up. Like, it's that strong talent, and we've said this before, it's that strong talent that I want to see over there. Tom Lawler being with Shuri in the historic um, crossover show, would suggest that Tom Laura is going to be a regular part of things as, yeah, as months go. And Team Filthy in Japan is a is a face, it'll be a face faction anyway, because of Tom Lawler. 
they might do like some comedy heel stuff, but it won't be uh, anything else on that. So that's why I know it's going to, I know optimism in new Japan has not been a thing on this, on this podcast for a while, but the idea of a one night only dome made me initially like, okay, I am intrigued because it felt like there's going to be some quality control here. If we get a Rambo with various people on the other card, fine, but it feels like it's going back to a format of like, okay, are they going to open with a junior tag title defense? Is he going to have matches with stakes throughout the card? So it feels like a kind of proper event rather than we have to try and drag this out over two days. So we're going to just cut these matches in half and then fill it up with, with, with multi-man tags, which is the worst possible scenario. That, that in fact, that because it'll have an IWGP women's title match on there, then it'll have a bit more substance to it. So in a way, what goes on with Tag League is going to be the interesting kind of like what teams are there. Are going to make, it's going to make a bit of a difference for what they do. And if they've got FTR in a kind of focused main event, it's just who would they put them in there with? It's, it's, it's very hard to tell on the on the tag side. Well, before we move to the uh, the US stuff, um, we've all been watching. Any have you been watching any other? I know you've been busy, Karen. Any other New Japan? Any other uh, any any recommended matches um, from the Japan side? Before uh, we get to I, I when it comes to the TV title matches, I enjoyed Goto versus Kenta, but that's just personal preference because they're two of my favorites. Um, I think one of my sticking points with the TV title, I love the 15-minute time limit because there are just so many matches in New Japan that go way beyond 15 minutes. I don't need to be 15 minutes. Um, <laughs> when they unveiled the belt, both the uh, President Obari and the gentleman from New, uh, New Japan World TV, Asahi, they made it sound like it was going to be this belt aimed at younger talent, kind of like the ROH TV title. So I was I was ready for Young Lions. I was ready pe- for people from New Japan Strong. And then when they released it, I'm like, oh yes, that that plucky young upstart Tomohiro Ishii. <laughs> like it, it was it was. I know what they're trying to do. I do like that they're giving these all these matches away for free. That they're putting all of it on New mm. Japan uh, New Japan World's uh, YouTube channel. But it was like I wanted more. I wanted I wanted I wanted to feel like more like an open weight championship i mean there was like maybe one or two juniors in it. i think kanamaro was in it but i but again it was the i felt like this is the holding place for the never which is supposed to be a holding place for the intercontinental championship like like i feel like the intercontinental championship has been now replaced by the u.s championship Mm. and then the never is now slotted in third and this is like supposed to be either equal to never or underneath it i just don't know what the placement of this belt in the hierarchy of importance is um i feel like they could have brought some more people over from new japan strong it's kind of frustrating that you have a halloween themed show here in the united states and yet the one guy named evil is not on the show with the rest of House of Torture, like that I don't understand how how that that works. Like it it it, it should be like you should, I'm not too upset about not being there. I mean, I'm personally, I'm not get, saying that I booked showing you or show yo Yujiro and Rocky, but I was mm. very happy to finally see them coming back after three and a half years. But it's just one of those things where it's just I don't what they made the belt out to sound like versus what they they're. Mm turned it yeah. into it just feels like another new japan cup one where the juniors are explicitly excluded from like Hiromu could have easily been in this but i know that he's supposed to be in 
the uh, the junior four-way at Wrestle Kingdom. But it was one of those things where it's just like you could have easily put a more diverse mix of talent. Like, I, I agree with a lot of the people who advance, but at the same time, I'm just like, I don't understand why why this is the way they're doing it. Like, it just, it, it, they didn't make it make sense to me. Like, it just, it's, it's, it's just sounds like it sounds good on paper, but I'm wanting more. Um, and it's also one of those things where I don't know like what the end game is. Like, it, does the winner have to only do 15 minute title defenses? Are they finally getting rid of the King of Pro Wrestling trophy? Cause I really want them to get rid of that. Um, like, does the the person who is the TV champion have to start a YouTube channel? Like, like, like what's what's the point of all of this? Like, I don't understand it. For, um, will TV Asahi not decide to probably? I I, I can end up in the world with possibly end up having their own YouTube channel blocked because they're using TV Asahi <laughs> and they just find them blocking themselves in I some mean, massive. It's possible, but it, yeah. it's just like I want. I I feel like. It sounded good on paper, but I don't until they do more with it. It's not translating right now, yeah. and it, it kind of the other part is that there's been this gap week where they, you know, they did it the first round matches. They still haven't announced all of the Rumble on Forty Fourth Street cards, but there's no wrestling that they have no shows up until the weekend, or they have like house shows between now and then, but they're not announcing the cards. And I think that's also making my interest wane on battle autumn right now even though literally a week from saturday is supposed to be the payoff show like the, you know, that's the, the 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 series pinnacle where you're gonna have naito versus uh osprey and i'm just i'm just like i feel like this is just it's been they just changed the name but it feels like that king of pro wrestling slash detonation or not detonation destruction tour where it's just like we're just trying to fill in some time to keep the lights on before world tag league. And now it's like world tag league and super junior tag league are running concurrently. And they should be doing like one of the things they should be doing is like, I mean, this battle autumn show is basically supposed to set up the dome. Yeah. Yeah. Really in terms of what it is, it's like, it's the last proper setup show and it's still, and, and like you expect with the junior tag and the tag belts because of the nature of tag league and, and then the rest of it, of yeah. how it fits into the system that that is going to be later. And it's not never really been the focus as much, even though it could be, but that's a whole other debate for another time. Um, it is one of these things where it, it still feels quite rushed for, say, a lot of the undercard. So I'm expecting it to be eventful, particularly the, you know, when they take the interval and whatever VTs then appear upon the screen because. Yeah. God only knows. My my other hope is that all the guys that have been working New Japan strong get mm. those berths in World Tag League and Junior Tag League. Like I would love to see Chris Bay and Ace Austin, yeah, th- finally come over for Bullet Club and like you know I don't know how they would split them up, but like pair I don't know Chris Bay and Show together and then put Ishimori with Ace Austin or flip flop them like yeah. make it make like make it diverse and exciting like. I don't know, throw Robbie Eagles with Yo and Rocky can get back with Taguchi. Like, I just need it to feel fresh and exciting. That's what we've needed with these And if they don't bring back TMDK, if they are not putting Mikey Nichols on a plane <laughs> where he has to say goodbye to his beautiful wife and his beautiful daughters for like a month, if they don't bring back TMDK for this, I, I just don't know what they're doing. He was in to- Perth as well. It's an easier flight. Like, I mean- No, Perth is like the far, far coast. Like, he would have to fly from Perth 
to Sydney and then it's like flying across the United States. It's like a four hour. Oh, it's flight. enormous, isn't it? Yeah. 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 And plus the 15 hours up to Japan, I think, or oh, however, Jesus. I don't, I don't know how, like, I don't, I mean, it's 15 from LA to Sydney. I don't know if it's the same distance because geography <laughs> and math. Yeah, it's, it's, it's two it's, things I'm not good at. <laughs> Careful, Karen. You'll get them going on Aussie graphs, and we'll be here all night. Long. Nah, I see. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I've watched Buddy it Matthews because you know I'll talk about Buddy Matthews all night long. <laughs> <laughs> where is he? It's probably the, the, where that conversation starts. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he'll be back at MCW soon enough. See? I think probably, he'll yeah. be. He's gonna be. He's gonna be back there. He's got that cash in. The, the, best, the best bird boy, boy, Robbie Eagles. We can. I can talk about him as well. It's fine. Is he ever getting his big? I think that's match? probably not. Maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, yeah, I suppose we should. Uh, we want to talk some uh, some US side stuff, Halloween Havoc, and some uh, TV wrestling. Do you want to stick around for it, Karen? Yeah, why not? Let's we do it. We'll be offended if we uh, we send you to sleep. To be honest, we'll keep this quick. There is this there's an next there's an NXT episode like that's starting in 15 minutes that JP will cover in the daily update tomorrow. And to be honest, Halloween Havoc, JP, I've got much to say about it. It was on. I watched the whole thing. I don't know what I was expecting. It just, it was a show. Um, it it kind of went, it, it, I can't use the phrase, it went in one ear and out the other. It went in one eyeball and out the other. That sounds painful. I don't know. It just, it just didn't really sit with me in any kind of way or make any impression on me. I thought it was a real throwaway show. It's, do you know what it felt like? It felt like TNA of a certain era. And that's probably because there's a lot of TNA people behind it. Like there is, and I say by, by like, you got your standard kind of you're opening the show with a multi-person kind of cluster match involving a title. Let's just pretend it's, you know, a ladder match instead of an ultimate X match. You know, that's what you've got there. You've got some, an awful, truly awful supernatural angle involving Kaylee Ray as Alba fire. Um, Don't ask which one. Then. Which was <laughs> Triple H loves a good oh, supernatural. Throw a leather jacket on someone and make them a goth. And he's like, he's all about it, ain't he? Yeah, it, it had that kind of TNA slash impact vibe where it would then go off into these quite terrible stories. Like, I really do have to say, I mean, it's 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 funny. I was looking at it and I was thinking this is very kind of impact zone, but just with that bit bigger budget, really, for what it is. There is, don't get me wrong, I thought the main event was really good. And I went 4.25 on it. I realise I'm above the average. I know some people went, went you know, four stars and the like, and I get why, but I oh, think wow. it was like good across the board as Benno's uh, cat decides, I, I see your Zelda and I will walk right that. across the screen. <laughs> we haven't had that all night. I'm She's like, it's a pet episode, right? I mean, oh, yeah. bring, your, bring pet your pet to work, work. day. <laughs> if only Benji was here um, for that. But it, it is, it was, it's a weird, it was kind of like, it's, it, there's, there are people of such limited experience levels that, you put a Roxanne Perez and a Cora Jade in a weapons match or the ambulance match, and it's going to look messy and clunky as all hell because they don't really know what they're doing at this point. You're kind of, it is somewhat more of a, of a pressurized environment. I mean, I never want to hear like the whole hosting thing. I don't know anything about Quincy Elliott or I know Shotzi from when I've seen it, it just, appears to be someone who is intent on breaking her own neck at point. It, it, yep. it can be terrifying there. The Chucky, there's a lot of Chucky stuff in there as well. There's a point <laughs> where Apollo Crews is working out and he just turns around, sees Chucky in a locker and he just starts working out again. Some, I don't know what happened. It's like 
it's really funny. It's like the first match is a ladder match. Three and a half stars, perfectly fine. The main event is like, there's a lot of good action in there. And then in the middle, there is this kind of stuff that never reaches above average with some like really awful storyline stuff going on in there that kind of feels like how much of this is Vince and Bruce Pritchard is going to be kind of going away and how much of this they're going to go with. Yeah, I enjoy. I I was listening to Shawn Michaels on the. I mentioned that on the Daily Update on the the presser, <laughs> like both before and after, and he was talking about that. That it's kind of like it's gone from very politely, you know, clearly Vince and Bruce Pritchard and all them. It, you know, their fingerprints were all over the original NXT 2.0 to the point where I think Shawn started kind of putting his own on it. The problem is his own is he loves. For what he loves NXT UK, so Ilya and you know Jordan Devlin are going to be on top. You know he's got the people that he likes, he's got the characters that he likes, and it's like in principle, I think I like the idea of this NXT. I think it works better than you know when Triple H had it as a super indie. It was definitely more watchable. Mm-hmm. The takeovers were definitely of a much higher standard, and it was more appealing to people like us. But as a business, it never really made sense. You know, where's the talent ta- you're developing? You're not developing talent. You're just doing your own version of ROH. That's that's what it was. Mm. So I think they've kind of got that balance more right now where you say where there are more polished performers on top, like say you're Ilias of the world, put put them in there with people like Braun who's still got a, got yeah. a way to go, and also giving people a shot on the undercard who maybe you know, aren't quite there, quite there yet, slash might never ever get there. But then you put them in there with, you know, with people like Apollo Crews who's got, you know, proper main roster experience and just experience in general in, in wrestling. I like the idea of it more than I like the reality because I don't think it makes for the most entertaining show. I like the weekly mm. TV, I find like really quite dry at this point, which it always was. That was the dirty secret with classic NXT, even when it was great. The TVs went, went great. Uh, but yeah, this weird disparate casket has the characters doesn't work for me. And for me, yeah, it was very much a. It was it was a one match show. I thought that main event was was very good. I go four stars, and it wouldn't go quite as mm. as high as UJP. I know the uh, the grapple average is sitting at about that four point oh eight right now. But just looking at the grapple average of the other matches there, Mandy Rose and Alba Fire, two, uh, Damon Kemp, um, no relation to any other Kemp, and Julius Creed, three, uh, two point nine for Cora J. Roxanne, two and a half for Apollo Crew, Grayson Waller. You know, the ladder match got 3.86 on grapple, but I kind of felt like that's just people... Well, it's like Dave Meltzer, reactively, if, if there's a ladder, Randy Orton or Edge in a match, he goes four and a half stars, minimum. Like, I think people see a ladder match and they're just like, well, they took big bumps, so I almost want to reward them with a high yeah. rating. It was every ladder match I've ever seen. I didn't think there was anything in it about it. I didn't think they did they anything very- new. And it wasn't their fault because they were just booked in generic ladder match. You are one of five generic people... We all know how these matches go. Plug and play your stuff into this match and do it. And I suppose that's prep for main roster because it's going to happen there as well. But yeah, I've never found the ladder match so boring. <laughs> it was just, there was some good well, shots in it, but yeah, I didn't think there was much up to it. I mean, I went three and a half. Have you seen any of this, Karen, of Halloween Havoc at all? Uh, we're not selling you on it, probably, apart from the main event. What's really? I told you, I'm it? not talking to my ex-boyfriend right now. We're not. Yeah, we're not going yeah. there. He's, he's not good for me. Still, it, still it, you, you've 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 done well. Don't worry. About I'm that. trying. I'm trying real hard. It, it is this thing though with with like I, I with this match. I don't know. There was a point in time I was watching it, and I went, "Is this on times two? Because everyone seems to be moving really fucking quickly, like running around like Nathan Fraser." like a man who 
has not eaten for a very long time and he's seen a large feast on a table and so he's going for hell hell for leather. But like it it was the kind of match. I mean, whether you read from it, someone like Carmelo Hayes is being moved out of that North American title picture and things like that. And Wesley being put in there, I I think that's kind of fine. I think that's probably the best use of him. He always looked like he he had that kind of bit more potential than him than even like Trey Miguel who I think has had I'm hoping at last TNA end up impact doing something kind of interesting with him but yeah I'm it, it is it, like you say it's the kind of match that you you know what to expect and there is still they'll do the bits where they have to stare at the ladder yeah. and stuff stare at the title and they'll like that so there is can't resist those tropes and I think that's that's part of the problem and the it's the curse, but I also see why they're doing it. Like I say, it's prepare them for what the reality of main roster is. It it does feel like though, like I mean, what they're doing with with Bron is the best way. Uh, I would want sit like in terms of that main event. I just thought, like you say, it just had complete pace and action. It just did not stop. There's some stuff that was very contrived. I would think it would, would have possibly lowered the rating. Like there was one of them where where um, Brecker does the Frank um, top rope for a Karana that ends up into a powerbomb. That should kill you, really, between those two moves combined. If you saw a tag team do it, you'd expect it to be their finisher. But they kind of kick up and, and all the rest of it. And like I say, there's that heavy NXT UK stuff in there as well. You will see Pretty Deadly, they're really high on. But I get why. Because for what they want, pretty deadly, very much tick those boxes. But I thought it was a main event. I just thought it was it was cracking. And it made you just think that Bron Brecker is, there's more potential of him actually going to make it. If he comes up, uses his real name of Bron, says, I was in developmental. I didn't want to use my dad's name. I'm going to use Bronson Steiner now. And you go, brilliant. Like, Even Bronson that works Rex Steiner, if it's true, and Scott Steiner yeah. is holding the uh, the legal papers that are like, pay me ten million, you can't use the Steiner. Pay a dinner, like <laughs> like a month ago, it was yeah. on it was on WWE, it was on the network, yeah, yeah on table for three. Yeah. You'd have thought he said, can I use the name? You're not worthy of it. What do I have to do exactly? Become IWGP champion or something, oh, and then I'll be worthy off. of using your surname. That's what Scott Steiner wants. That's what it is. <laughs> that's what, I think that's, that was the rumor at the time. But like, so even if he was Bronson Rex Steiner, that'd be better. Um, yeah, yeah I, I'll, I'll agree. Like the, main, the big strength of the main event was they did get silly with the kickouts near the end, but I think you can get away mm. with that with a three way. I think because you've always got mm. that third man to break them up. I think that pace works, and it was. It was a very good match. And yeah, Bron Baker, I, I, I would like to move him away from the you know smash and stuff randomly at the start of every big main event. It just, they're, they're trying to go a little bit Goldberg with him as well as going a little bit Steiner, and I appreciate mm. that, but I don't know. He looks like a bit of a geek with his uh, with his fake sledgehammer knocking through flake, fake uh, tombstones, but yeah, you know, they continue to get in right. It'll be interesting if and when he gets up mm. to the main roster if they do switch his name out. But yeah, for me, a, one match card is probably harsh. It's probably a two-match card. That main event's... The ladder match, which your mileage might vary on, everything else in the middle was kind of, yeah, you know, the spin the wheel, make the deal. It was fun to have that back. It was quite funny to see them break the casket and have to wheel out the second one. Lash Legend's um, awful. Oh, Lash having seen terrible. After having read, read that name out for a long time, I was like, Jesus Christ. Not Lash like... Legend, not Lash LaRue, just Lash Legend, yeah. Not uh, not the best. Yeah, some of, some of the talent is rough, <laughs> I would say, I learned it... through watching this show. But I didn't really have any other major notes on this either, JP. No, not really. It's just more like you're checking in and you're seeing, 
who are the people who they might focus on in the future? So you know Cora Jade is going to be one of those. He's clearly someone they're just going to be high on and they're going Carmelo to Hayes. and they're going to kind of yeah, Carmelo Hayes, which I'm glad about. Um I'm He's I'm quite happy like with Yeah, I do. I mean I it's just seeing sub rosemary style stuff with Alba fire, which we've not spoken about as much. The, the idea was it toxic attraction while walking through a haunted house, <laughs> which, which then like there's various kind of like skeletons and stuff coming to life that occasionally one of them would super kick. I, I know there's JC Jane and I think Gigi Dolan again, names I've read out and we'll be doing in a few hours on patreon.com forward slash grapple. Um, <laughs> I've never quite sure who back, these yeah. people are. Tiffany Stratton just ticks the box. Oh, that's who she is. Right. Okay. But it's, yeah, it was sub Rosemary in impact stuff. This, this was going into some sort of weird dark realm. And it's just like, it's Kaylee Ray. She's really good. Can you not have a match? They've still got her doing that. In a witch. They've got James Gibson and uh, James Gibson, Zach Gibson and uh, James Drake doing like the spooky cult. Like Zach Gibson oh. had to put a promo on this show pretending to be spooky. And it's the first time yeah. I've seen him try and talk. It's so weird he's doing. He's got like the normal accents and stuff, but he's like talking about how your souls are going to be ours, that type of thing. It's like he should be out there cutting his killer Zach Gibson promo. Surely Triple H and Shawn Michaels know this. Let's put this right. We've reset enough other people. Let's reset them too. Like I, I, I miss them. Please so much oh yeah i hate everything that they've done to them oh they were they were having great tag team matches and they were perfect plug and play and perfect to kind of pull up to the main roster at some point and this is where you look at that kind of vince bruce pritchard era of where there was like these kind of gimmicks i don't know if that mafia bloke's still about like tony d'angelo I think he's around like that. I never, I, as someone who went to NXT a couple of times with Tony Mm. D'Angelo, I didn't get it. It I grew grew up in an Italian Catholic neighborhood and I didn't get it. I was just like, (laughs) all right, is this what we're doing? This is like Sopranos for like 14 year olds. What's going on? Basically a new generation version of Sopranos. Is what it is without 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 any uh question like like it's like just like they just do like light money money laundering not like people actually missing yeah no matter D'Angelo is still about what he's injured they haven't opened up a British candy store in Florida as well in order to to, to I mean we do have the, the British shop downtown where you can pay exorbitant amount of money for some uh Jamie Dodgers and really overpriced <laughs> British tea don't. Import some Yorkshire tea in, I would say. Of the, this, I really, I, I, creates I, a row with Brits. I, I saw that they had like this biscuit flavored Yorkshire tea, and I was so curious about it. It's not that good, you know. If it's it, not know, that better, good. Oh, it's better idea sad. than it is in reality. If it's the same one, I'm thinking yeah. of. You is, is, off- it sounds sounds good on paper. Yeah, you're better off dunking your own biscuits and then just drinking your tea afterwards, and you get that same. Flavor. I mean, I do, I do do that, and I do. <laughs> I wonder, I wonder how much a pack, a pack of digestives is going there. Like it's it's criminal. Like I, I, I feel yeah. dirty when I go in there because I'm just like, I'm like, I really, really want these, but I can't. No, we'll figure out a trick. Next system. Or something. I'll go to Amazon and see if they have like somebody has like on Amazon Prime, but let's just prime some Jamie Dodgers. That's, that's what my sister does when she just <laughs> loses her temper with any like a, a US <sighs> supermarket. She goes, Right, I'm just gonna go and I've got an Amazon.co.uk address. I'm just gonna start ordering some, oh, some tea and stuff in there. 
I mean, I do it for all my Japanese like magazines and books. I'm just going to start doing it for like international pastries and baked goods. Yeah. Yeah, the contacts over here. We can send you a Greg's. I don't know how it would work in port wise. <laughs> I think you might get stopped at him at a customs for that because yeah. I. It would probably depending on the content. I'm just saying, <laughs> a few days. I mean, we are the land of the Twinkies, so yes. Yeah. I, if we know about shelf shelf preserved food, <laughs> stuff that survives the apocalypse. And, as Twinkies, Twinkies and cockroaches. That's about it. I, I was just gonna, going back to Halloween habits. Something I forgot about as well. Like I don't think it could be like. You mentioned about Apollo Crews being there. What was the whole red eyes thing about? Because if they were just getting high under the ring, I'd have thought, well, that's quite a funny visual gag. But instead, it was like he was bleeding from his eyes, like it was yeah. bird box. While there was a group of druids there who didn't add anything to the match. They kind of walked out, stood there. He got back up and then they started a match again. Him and Grayson Waller, who... It's not that I think Grayson Waller's necessarily bad, because I suppose he shows more personality than a a lot of the younger talents on there, but like, it's very weird. Okay. And there was that bloke who's doing a universe. Some of the skits and stuff, I'm completely confused by. Like the university bloke. I don't know what the hell. He's was quite that, funny, that the Chase oh, You stuff. Chase uh, You? Yeah, it is I like, I like. I don't know what the Who's name of the girl, the girl is, but she's really cute. I, I like her, her, her tiny firecracker cheerleader thing she's got going on. And who's the little bloke? Oh, I'm sorry, the, no, the, little bloke, the bloke with the long blonde hair. Bodie something something. Kind of like the wish.com version of Griff Garrison, really, if you can. <laughs> I think you're gonna say one of the Paul brothers, but uh yeah. Yeah, visions <laughs> of the future. And one of these visions a few weeks back was Waller's eye would bleed. There you go. There's Chris for the clarification. Do you understand now, JP? I don't. No, no, I don't. I don't understand. Like as a human being, I don't know when this happens. I mean, are they gonna go for some body horror? A la David Cronenberg? <laughs> I don't know if that will cut in a PG-14 universe. Why don't they just pr project some snakes and, and cockroaches on the ring? Oh, I'm <laughs> that, sorry. That was, that, that was from, what, Mania 33? Uh, How's the horror match? Just do that. A, <laughs> apparently, Karen, he's all, he likes all Japan. So there's always that possibility he's just going to knock out some Kawada, Misawa-style banger if, in the middle of the not ring. Bringing, if they're not bringing over Jake Lee, I don't want to hear it. <laughs> 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 I don't Jake want. The, I don't, I don't want them to bring that. Jake Lee to NXT. <laughs> leave, leave, leave him alone. Leave that there. Leave, leave Japan as a country Ooh. alone. NXT. Well, <laughs> well, I was going to say, speaking of, um, I don't know, spooky gimmicks and stuff. Did you watch any more WWE TV this week, JP? Or have you watched any other TV wrestling? I suppose in general. Rampage, I have. Did you get no? That's me done. I did have it. Also, had a load of notes possibly set. So I put the cards on it for the PWA black label coliseum show they did with mcw i just never got round to it and that's my bad so i'm sorry no aussie got and there's another aussie grab show in that one wonderfully titled let's fucking go which is <laughs> great stuff well yeah that's it for I me as well i watched for, I, I tried to watch smackdown i got halfway through <laughs> triple h is sick they clearly can't be asked. Bray Wyatt cut a backstage promo. Nothing else happened on the show. Who's Ro running the show then? Fucking Road abyss. Road Dog. <laughs> no Road Dog was. Yeah. Why is that surprised then yeah. in that case? Yeah, Raw looked rough as well. Raw, Raw, like I said on the pre-show, looked like Vince McMahon was back, which is, uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm not feeding anymore it's, into that conspiracy theory, but you know, you know what thoughts I, on that. I think it says a lot about the ratings, about the fact of him being gone has overall been a boon to the ratings. And they have still got some, potentially some movers for people to shift those TV rates 
ratings upward as well. Something that you would have said like for a while, it just looked like well, the cupboard is completely bare. And it feels now in this new era, they could really sign anyone. Like they could do it. If they want to make a play, want to make a massive money play for a carder, they could do that. I don't think they would. Whether or not he'd go, I, I doubt it. But like there is those kind of options they could do that kind of stuff. And that is where the kind of intrigue in this latest twist in the uh, wrestling war of since uh, well, 2019 has Shane been going on. on Twitter, like, you know, even your top guys in AEW, your Danielson, your, maybe not mm. Moxley, but, you know, Jericho, they've just signed to a new contract. But pretty much anyone there is either friendly with Triple H or, in Brian's case, would probably have no problem with going back to WWE. Yeah. You know, it's not a given that these people are going to stick around. I think they uh, yeah, they could literally throw the money at anyone, couldn't they, once, uh, once contracts start to come due. Whether or not you like the storylines as such, what you can imagine with a Triple H WWE is there's going to be continuity. It's oh, not going to be as just yeah. it's like that's Sammy the Zane's one thing, thing it's like that Sammy anyone wants. Like, yeah. you could in a Vince McMahon will, could you not because they've got this Montreal pay per view coming up next year? That is clearly going to be something big for Sami Zayn. But like Triple H, the bar is the bar is at the floor, but Triple H is going to is going to deliver because he's going to go through with that stuff like Sami Zayn bubbling mm. under as this possible baby face you know there's going to be a big angle he's probably going to turn it's going to lead to a big match if Vince McMahon was in charge you wouldn't be shocked if the storyline got dropped or Sami Zayn just stays in the stable as a heel forever or gets moved <laughs> rotated down the card and then doesn't even have a match in Montreal in February it, that is the difference that's the low bar Triple H has got to clear and you know that's what he's doing right now under Vince it would be the festival of friendship. That's what it would be. And it'd that be how good. he ultimately, oh, that, was that was a that was really good. good angle. And then he got to mania yeah, and he right, put it in a yeah. death slot. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then at that stage, the match never delivered on something that was pretty much of common consensus. The most fun thing in the buildup to that particular WrestleMania was the Jericho Owen stuff. And it felt great. It felt like stuff that had like substance to it. And it, died a death because Shane was up against AJ Styles in the opener and decided to go bonkers as MMA uh, Shane likes to do. <laughs> That's what he does. Oh, but yeah, at least there's that to, uh, to look forward to. But yeah, that wraps it up really as far as uh, TV talk for me, US side. Um, yeah, no Dynamite to review this week. Obviously, we'll uh, be better on uh, our next week's show. Got Dynamite coming up uh, Wednesday. But yeah, mm. anything else you want to mention, JP? Um, no, I will be recording Andor with WH the weekend. So we've been two episodes together. So we've got the kind of little reset they're doing on the uh, announcement. And then there's that. I am due to be recording with Alan Farrell at some point about Satoshi Kojima for his uh, 30 for L30 as well. So look, when you're mentioning about Kojima, I'm thinking, yep, there's there's stuff I need to make sure I, I get through on onto that before before recording. On Friday, I think we're doing a double bill of we're doing like the weekend show. Then we're going to be reviewing Nightmare on Elm Street, the original one, oh, wow. the one with uh, the one with Johnny Depp in there. He went to my high school. Johnny Depp did. Did yeah. He didn't finish, oh, but he went. Oh, I, my yeah. one of my English teachers had him as a student. Was he wild? He didn't go. To he didn't school finish school. He didn't finish yeah. school. <laughs> Sounds about right. That tells. That's but not like he he's on the straight school. and narrow. He went. That's a hell of a get. That really is, because I think even at my school, 
like it's Alfred Hitchcock and then it's a long drop to Matthew Lorenzo and Paul McKenna, <laughs> who I know mean nothing to you. One of them is a hit. Nope. And the other one presented local f- television football, like on ITV Central. Again, this is like, like <laughs> such. It's such a fucking fall from. It will make it to Britbox. Um, no, it will not make it to Britbox. But yeah, no, I've got I've got those. But obviously, patreon.com forward slash grapple as well for the for the daily updates, weekend shows, these patron shows. I know we're going to be going into Montreal month as well. Everyone's favorite time of the year. And what people want is more Montreal content 25 years <laughs> after the fact. That's I think we can do it in a way that's creative. So people can look forward like, to that, you know. Well, quoting you, is it a shoot? Is it a work? I don't know. That's what you said before. And, you know, Never who, said who that can apology. tell? And I wouldn't yeah, say it about any you, subject. I'm sure you said it was a work. <laughs> we'll be getting Billy it. Billy Gunn said it on a shoot, RF shoot once. It must be true. Like Simon says here, will it be a screw job finish at the end of that Montreal podcast? We'll see. Um, but yeah, that's coming up. Observe this. Uh, we got the film club at the end of the weekend. Yeah, spotlight mm-hmm. again next week. But Karen, over to you. Uh, any other uh, additional plugs you want to mention? Oh, goodness. Uh, let's see. I am doing some event coverage for Post on both Stardom and the New Japan front. So the next couple of months, just head over to postwrestling.com. Look up Karen Peterson and you'll find me there. Uh, Dream Slam Weekly usually comes out every single Saturday uh, this coming week because of rumble on 44th street which i am covering it'll be pushed to sunday um i haven't figured out if i'm going to be able to do a dream slam weekly you know while i'm in osaka but we'll we'll find out we'll see if i do it i don't know i I may be like let me just wait till i'm back from my trip um yeah pwi women's 150 coming soon please be kind to everyone's mentions and you know remember lists are subjective everybody has an opinion so be kind rewind don't don't do anything unnecessarily mean um and what else is going on? I think that is it. I'm still trying to figure out my feelings about House of the Dragon and how it finished, but I did like how it finished as last week. So that's I it. haven't seen it. Oh, <gasps> JB! I've, I've been, only seen I've one been, episode, Karen. Yeah, right, that's all right, Benno. I don't judge. Uh, JB, didn't grab me. I think Benno's quite excited about Succession season four. Yeah, I've never watched Session. That's in my my long queue. That and actually getting started on Andor. Andor, I I I love casting Andor. I just haven't been able to sit down and focus on watching. Brilliant. I'll just say brilliant, and it's it's a twelve parter, like as the series goes. You can have like the first six feels like his own thing, and now it's going to be like the second six as well. So I just finished up House of the Dragon and uh, She Hulk, and now I have to catch up on that one and uh, Rings of Power. Yes, Lord, the Lord of the Rings one. I got to episode four and then tapped out. <laughs> not, not the Dharma series on Netflix. No, 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 no. Jesus, that's awesome. you need a drink after. <laughs> it's like a Serbian. I'm trying, I'm trying to give, I'm trying to give my liver a break because I'm going to be drinking a lot when I'm in Japan. So yeah, save it all up for that. That's my plan. For that's ironic. What Jeffrey Dharma said about livers as well. But no. <laughs> sorry, that's a bad. It goes with the nice white wine. What do you mean? Whatever. Fine. All these people getting the kids to dress up as Jeffrey Dahmer for Halloween. What is going Why? on? Why? No. <laughs> what? It's been a news story this week. Oh. A lot of uh, parents like getting the kids, not just parents, not just adults dressed as a serial killer, which would be bad enough. They're getting the kid. Like I've saw a couple of uh, the costumes what? on Twitter. Just That's not glasses cute. and stuff. Like, yeah. no. Awful. Man. <laughs> Bloody hell for I'm going to call Fair child yeah. child protective services on some of these parents. Like one, letting their kids out. watch this this thing, or you know, just being like, "Hey, sure, knock yourself out." 
I mean, some of the references you're going to be able to get up for these kind of killers as well. Yeah, gross. He's not exactly an absorbing figure more than anything. He's more of this sullen, morose man who wears glasses and then gets. And I just explain to your kid that that's a fun costume. Like, oh yeah, wear these glasses (laughs) and this shirt and tie. Who are my daddy? Yeah, (laughs) you're Jeffrey Dahmer in case. Who's Jeffrey Dahmer? Do you want that conversation? When when that child finally figures out who Jeffrey Dahmer is when they're older, they are gonna they're gonna be in counseling and be like, I don't know why my parents allowed me to do this. Yeah, why? So there you go. But anyway, on that note, we were closing. Sorry. Uh, yes, uh, pitchon.com slash grapple. More Halloween content coming. Halloween Film Club on Friday um, as we have a look at the world of Freddy Krueger. Grapple FPL tomorrow. tomorrow. Grapple FPL we'll uh, tomorrow. We'll know on Thursday. There we go. I'll try and uh, try and justify my uh, my team from uh, from last week. But yeah, look for that on its, uh, its own feed as well. But yeah, other than that, we'll catch you again next week for Spotlight. We'll see you then. Bye.